So first, I'm going to start off by inviting everyone to go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for our email list there. Very important. Uh, if you look around the website, we have these uh, new patches. 2020 was hell in a handbasket, as, as well as the other patches that we have. So you can get those. You can support us by picking those up. Um, you can look around the site and find out all the stuff you need to know about us, all the alternatives, etc. You know, that's the way this goes. Um, very, that, this could become very, very important as time goes on here. So we're going to start there. I am going to start loading my guests up into, into the chat window here, and I'm going to smash the open button, and we're going to get going on this. Welcome back. To the Hanks All right, boom. Situation. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel here. Smash the thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we are live. Antonia, you know this. We have to do jazz hands. John, you don't know about this. You're going to have to do the jazz hands anyway. Don't worry about it. Just do it. We are taking it back from the tourists. The tourists. <laughs> So there you go. We are, yes, you're good. You're good. We are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on out there. This is episode 698 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. Our topic tonight is what is Guns Out TV? Oh, so we've got Sure Michael joining us here at some point. Uh, uh, he's not here yet. We have John Keys here. And, of course, we have my friend, Antonia. Lola says, I have to make sure I say Antonia. Uh, I don't know what, what else I... She says I say something else. She can't understand my accent. Oh. So I didn't hear an accent. Huh? Say that again? Oh, I can hear the accent. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know you had an accent. I, I do. I have an accent, you know. Uh, we all do. We all do have an accent. Huh? Are you from New York? Uh, I am from... I did grow up in New York, yes. The accent, well. Yeah. Do I have a Do I have a New York accent? Yeah. Oh, I, I can't. Do. You know what? Yeah. It's because I'm. I think it's because I'm Texan. Because do you think I have kind of a Texan accent or no? Uh no. I don't. I don't know. Huh. Rude. No. But I see. I think Lola. Like so, Lola just sounds like a white girl from Maryland to me. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, <laughs> that's how it goes. But uh, I'm sure I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. <laughs> Yeah, I already know all the things you're going to get in trouble when yeah, you say Yeah, for it. everything. I'm always in trouble. If I wake up in the morning, I'm in trouble. Sounds uh, like a healthy relationship to me. Yeah. If I wake up, I'm wrong. So there you go. Uh, John Crump is shouting everyone out. I think he says, uh, John, I got that email out finally. Oh, yeah. Tell John I got his email. We're going to jump on those questions. Yes, very good. So shout out to everyone out there. As you guys are coming in, please smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell, etc. We're going to get into this with Guns Out TV. We're waiting uh, for Sure Michael to show up. Uh, hope, yeah, hopefully we do get him in here. We should have these guys here for at least the first hour. But I want to start this. Uh, forgive me for this, John. I want to start with Antonia uh, oh, yeah. Cover, because you're not Okafor Cover anymore. Are you just Antonia Cover? Well, so what's the what's the deal? It depends. It depends on the SEO, like. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> people to know, you know. Okay. You know, I already have the Oprah for name, so it doesn't have the cover. Right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, okay. you can do Antonia cover for. Yeah, you're looking good. Uh, congratulations to you. You guys had a baby boy, you and your husband. Yes, he did. Awesome. Our little boy. Um, very cute. Very cute baby. Yeah. He, he, um, we're biased, but you know what? 
Well, I'm biased too because I'm telling her right now she's giving me baby fever with her Instagram. Oh no! <laughs> do you have kids? Um, do you have any I, kids? Yeah, yeah, I have a 17 year old son. Hence, oh. why I have baby. But now you fever. want more? You want, at this stage you want more kids? Uh, I <laughs> if I can make it happen, I can make it happen. Oh, it Okay, yeah. <laughs> that might be more trouble. Listen, kids are beautiful. I, you know, I think that uh, my personal belief is that kids are the most valuable uh, thing that we do. We don't really own our kids. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have some kind of responsibility for them, which lasts pretty much forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's I think it's the best thing that we do. So congratulations to you guys, Antonia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Hopefully it will be a uh, congratulations in the next hour. Hopefully he will last for at least a couple more hours. So. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Chris Bullis says, you all have American accents. <laughs> this, listen, it's cool that everyone from all different parts of America has accents. I think that's awesome. John, no. Wait, I mean, could you even guess where I was from? Um. Well, I'm going to guess from looking at the stuff you guys sent me that you're from somewhere in Maryland, but I don't know. I, we haven't really spoken enough. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we, we currently reside in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, but okay. I myself yeah. from Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Okay. okay. Yeah. You have a southern vibe. Okay, that's cool. My condolences for you for living in Maryland, though. You know, hey. Hey. You know, yeah. some some of us have to live in communist states in America. You know, it's, well, I don't. I don't live in Maryland. I live in Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Virginia. Okay, same thing. Same thing. Ditto. Ditto. Virginia's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Really? Yeah, I like I, Virginia, man. I go. I go shooting all the time. I don't have any problems. Listen, I'm a big fan of Virginia. I grew up in New York. Uh, I used to be in Virginia, Maryland, all over the place. You know, all the time. I like. Um, I like Maryland. Lola's actually from Maryland. She's from Silver Springs. Oh, that's yeah. a nice area. Yeah, she's a Maryland chick. Um, Virginia, listen, I uh, at one time had residency in Virginia. First place I bought guns, did stuff like that. But you know what? It's uh, it's falling off. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to make me. How is it falling off? Tell me. I think, Tell I think me it's falling off. You know, your, your governor, I, 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 you know, I know we're getting into stuff here even before we get into Guns Out TV, but... You know, those of us in the gun community, we've seen a lot of bad things coming out of Virginia so far as politics, mm. uh, especially when it comes to the Second Amendment. I know I, I, it's surprising that it should be that way, but Virginia's kind of taking a turn. Look, I'm in Florida, and Florida sometimes try to go tries to go to the dark side. But, right. uh, you know, Virginia, I guess, is trying to be like Maryland and New Jersey and places like that around it. You don't think so? I mean— I, I I see some writing on the wall, but I'm the I'm a kind of living the now type of guy, and I haven't had anything but a positive experience in Virginia as far as you know firearms, you know handling practice and use uh, purchasing. Mm-hmm. I've had any issues, um, and I don't know of many people that are. I mean, like I said, what's coming is what's coming. So when it gets here, then I'll deal with it. Okay. All right. No, that's I mean, what ways for. But that's we'll one way. That that's one way to look <laughs> at it. I understand. Look, I understand where you're coming from. I think that's that's totally uh, valid. Um, let me ask you this: since Antonia is here, you're here, um, and I think both of you guys have some involvement in Guns Out TV, right? So yeah, yeah. hold on. I think we're getting Sure Michael coming in here. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see if we're getting him to come in here. Where is he? Where? Oh. 
There we go. I think he is coming in. Hey, guys. Sorry for All being right. late. So, yeah. That's okay. We're just going to talk bad about you. Uh, once it's okay. We'll give you enough time to get settled in. Not yeah. only did he come here, he came here in HD, and I'm mad because... I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sure, Michael just has to show up every oh, month. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Is this like... This is HD. I don't even. How is that even possible? We're all on the internet. What are you talking about? Possible, John. <laughs> you just. It's really easy. You, instead of a webcam that the three of us are using, he's using a fancy dancy uh, camera, a DSLR you know, camera that's hooked up. Obviously, I got another camera that I could have used. I just didn't have time to set it up. I didn't know it See, made this. You should have just come in late like him, and then you'd be coming in looking all stylish or whatever. I didn't know coming in late was was possible. If I'd have known it was possible, I would have did it. Yeah. So yeah. listen, let's do this. possible. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want to do this. Since we have Sure Michael and John, you guys are the hosts of Guns Out TV, and I believe, Antonia, you're going to be uh, what? like? Uh, I'll be a regular uh, contributor. I'll be a GOA contributor for Guns Out. Okay, very cool. So who wants to tell me um, exactly what is the concept behind Guns Out TV? Uh, that John, me, you, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and give a stab at it. So, you know, Guns Out is uh, a lifestyle brand uh, translated onto a TV show that aims to literally humanize the firearms culture and educate, um, you know, non-shooters as well as a piece to the firearms community at large. Okay, that sounds um, that sounds very scripted and nice. You know, I'm not gonna <laughs> knock it, but but that's not doesn't really answer my question. You know, what the what the, is this concept that you guys have behind us? Oh, listen, let's do this. First of all, who are you guys? And you know, what is um, I don't want to say what gives you the right because I don't believe that, right? But I right. never heard of you guys. You know, what What put this thing in your mind that, hey, we're going to jump out there and do TV? And how did it come together? I, I think you're going to be on the local ABC channel. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. right? And then somewhere, like, uh, around the country, people will be able to pick you up. So tell me where this really started and where it's, you know, where it's from. And why should folks out there, you know, we've got uh, folks who are in the gun community watching, listening to us. Why should they listen to you guys? Because I'm sure they're saying, who the hell are these dudes? Yeah, so Hank, if you don't mind, I want to just start with my background and then I'll let John jump in. Okay. So maybe I'll add some, some credibility to why we're doing this. So my background is completely political. Um, I started my career in politics, starting with Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of, of the House Republican, running for president. I moved on to Mitt Romney, worked on his presidential campaign, now Senator Romney, worked for Dr. Ben Carson on his presidential campaign as one of his senior advisors, who ultimately became a cabinet secretary under President Trump. I was a presidential appointee under President Trump, the youngest deputy chief of staff in the history of the Department of uh, Urban Development. After that, I transitioned into cable news. Uh, I became a CNN commentator, did that for a little over a year, then transitioned a little bit doing some Fox News and ultimately landed over at MSNBC. And so outside of the television stuff, there a lot of speaking stuff around the country. But again, most of my background was political policy stuff and media. Now the firearms uh, comes in, grew up in the South, it's not an unnormal or uncommon thing for people from the South to grow up shooting, grow mm -hmm. up fishing. That's just a common thing if you are from the South. It wasn't until I got older 
that I, I guess sort of my lust for wanting to know more about guns and buying as many firearms as I possibly could uh, became sort of a part of, of who I was, a part of my being. And then maybe about two years ago, I started the process of training uh, to be a pe competitive shooter specifically for IDPA shooting. And now I'm in the process of transitioning this year into USPSA, which I'm sure a lot of your viewers will be very, very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So my political background, being a conservative, being a Republican, being very, very much so pro-Second Amendment, from the political and policy perspective, I'm now transitioning all of that, that background, coupled with all of my extensive media background, into Guns Out TV. Okay. That was... Now, see, John, you know... Listen... Respect when, that. When, when, Put some respect when, on it. When you bring all that to the table, you can be late. I guess. My turn. My yes, turn. your turn. Your turn, John. Hit us with it, man. I mean, so so for me, um, twelve years active duty service as a Marine. Enjoyed every bit of it. Literally, um, a career-ending injury took me out of the Marine Corps. Um, but, you know, it turned out for the better. Uh, the, the entire time I was in the Marine Corps, uh, well, the, the majority of it was spent overseas. I was actually in Okinawa, Japan, and I was serving as sergeant of the guard during 9-11. Um, so that was, that was an interesting time for me. Um, and then I ended up getting my final duty station here at Quantico, uh, Virginia, and I stayed here. So I get out of the Marine Corps in 2008. I had never owned a firearm myself while I was in. Um, and then after I got in, uh, out in 2008, I still didn't own one and didn't purchase one till 2020. While I was in the Marine Corps, I was a consecutive expert shooter, um, multiple high shooter awards. Um, I was even going to do some competing within the Marine Corps, some marksmanship competing. Um, but there's a lot of different things that, that didn't make that happen. Um, so I always had an affinity for firearms in general. Um, however, when I got out, I just wasn't compelled to, to purchase a firearm. I was you know, busy with a lot of other things, cultivating my business career and things like that. Um, and obviously, with a lot of things going on in 2020, it was just the time. It was like, hey, you know what? If you're going to go get something, go get something now. Let's make it happen. I did that, and it literally reignited my affinity for firearms. I, I purchased a Glock 19X and a Smith & Wesson MP Sport at a gun show. He hates Glocks, by the way. Oh, um, oh wait, hold I on. Let me take his camera off. Hold show. on. He hates Glocks and he works for Romney. Man. Not a fan of Glocks, Hank. I'm yeah. not going to lie. You know why? That's because you work for Romney, son. No. Wait a minute, real quick, John. My preference firearm is the STI Staccato, which is in German, Texas, American-made, former law enforcement military guys. That is my preferred weapon, not a company that was formed in another country that's now— Oh, see? Okay, he's, he's a Republican. He's a Republican. So, so listen. What kind of—what car—are you driving an American car? Uh-oh. I am. I drive a Tesla, which is made in okay. America. All right. Respect, respect. I got, I got a Tesla, too. That's, a, that's cool. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Um— <laughs> Okay. Okay. So he hates Glocks. You're, yeah. You're he's entitled to that. He's entitled to that. I mean, listen, to his point, to his right. point, remember, follow the storyline. Mm -hmm. I'm just purchasing my first firearms in 2020. What do I go purchase? A Glock. 
So, you know, to his point, Glock is like every man's gun. I, I have to say, now that I've, I mean, literally, I've fast-tracked this entire firearms thing, and I understand now. Like, you know, that I, I understand why everyone likes Glock, and I understand why some people prefer not to like Glock. So I right. get it. Um, so, so anyway, purchased the two firearms, and the two firearms turned into eight firearms just like that. And, I mean, we started building ranges out in West Virginia and going shooting almost every weekend. And, you know, my wife said, hey, listen, you guys should start filming this because this is pretty interesting. We should start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I was completely against it. I did. I was like, no, I just I'm enjoying shooting or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So one day to prove her point, she filmed it from her perspective. And mm-hmm. I mean, when I tell you, it was just it blew my mind. I didn't know this is what our lives looked like, let alone our lives, you know, building ranges and shooting firearms. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty interesting. You know, got some pretty positive feedback from it and then presented it to Sher Michael after Sher Michael swayed me to the dark side for, for this conversation. I bought a staccato after I saw his oh, staccato. No, I, mean, I don't even know. I never even heard of that. Have you heard of that, Antonia? <laughs> no. No, no, I, I never heard of that. So, you know, that's just something. Uh, where, where is he? You're from uh, you're from Maryland also, right, Sher Michael? No, no, I'm originally from uh, Louisiana, same state oh, as John. Oh, you're both originally from Louisiana. Okay, I was about to say that's just something those bougie dudes in Maryland do. You know, that's what that's why Lola got like a real man. You know, say this. Wow. But, they make it. This is Texas. Okay, again, it's it a, is American made, and as a conservative, I believe in buying what is made in my country. I'm just, I'm, I just to be honest about that. No, I appreciate that. Um, okay, so Antonia, how did you get involved with these two wild and crazy guys right here? Right, I know. Yeah. After the how'd you get caught up in this, and did you really know what you were signing on to? Because <laughs> maybe not. Oh man. Uh, I mean, I keep trying to remember when I first met Shermichael. Um, probably yeah. 2015 or 2016. Through Armstrong? Yep, on a TV show. Okay, Armstrong. Yeah, so when I was doing some stuff with Sinclair Broadcasting Group, mm-hmm. um, so I was, I learned, I I met Shermichael. Um, we've kept in touch for a while. And mm-hmm. then George Floyd and Maud Arbery happened. <laughs> And we got reconnected. We started a podcast together that we still have. Um, and then he got to know a lot about my affinity and love for the Second Amendment, for gun rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, started becoming I'm involved with GOA, and now we've had this great opportunity to to work together through Guns Out TV. And GOA is going to be a main sponsor for it. So I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with them, and it's just been a great partnership. Okay, so um, the, this is kind of leading into what my next question was going to be. But you're saying that um, GOA. Gun Owners of America is playing a big part in this uh, Guns Out show? Yes, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's, I mean, I'm going to, well, you guys can say no, but sure, Michael and John, I know that we are a main sponsor, but you guys like me too, and that's why I'm part of the show, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even... And Hank, before um, mm-hmm. GOA came on board to be a partner with us, mm-hmm. I had already told Antonia briefly about the idea, but at that time it was just still in a very novice stage. Like with anything mm-hmm. with television, your audience may not know this, typically a television show takes months of recording treatments that you then pitch 
to broadcast companies or to various television stations. And then once you even get to that, that stage of pitching, there's a whole host of different meetings you have to go to before they even consider whether or not they want to air it. And usually airing may be temporary. They may say, we'll give you six seasons or, so, or six mm-hmm. episodes, rather, in a region. We want to see what the numbers are. If you can make it at six episodes, then, yeah, we'll give you something further. Yeah. So it, it's very, very difficult process to get on television. We were able to get fast-tracked, if you will, in part because of Armstrong Williams and his uh, close proximity to Sinclair Broadcast Group. Uh, okay. Which familiar it is the largest owner of broadcast television stations in the country about 71 percent of the country it covers and it is conservative leaning so it sort of made sense for this to sort of be our home and because it got fast tracked so quickly it was like well antonio it looks like this thing is going to be on tv um not only is it going to be on tv but we're also in the process of trying to procure some potential partnerships and sponsorships and goa just seemed to be a natural fit for me politically as I think about what GOA represents as an organization, I think about its membership, I think about its interest as far as advancing the Second Amendment, and particularly its its interest in wanting to make sure that African Americans are a part of this growing movement of, of gun owners in this country. It just seemed to be a natural fit. Okay, very good. Yeah, so uh, kudos to Armstrong Williams. I mean, I was going to say, like, it is very difficult to put a TV show out there, even more so difficult when it's around the subject of firearms. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Second Amendment, uh, you know, pro-constitutional thing, type of thing. Whether you, whether you realize it or not, so uh, maybe this is for John because it sounds like he's not really that much of a political animal. I don't know yet. I just met him. He doesn't realize that Virginia has some issues when it comes to politics. You, you know, sure. didn't say yeah. realize. I said I wasn't paying attention to it. <laughs> Listen, no, that's okay. It's cool, man. I'm not knocking you for that. I think that guns are a gateway drug to freedom. And once you get into it, you then, then you start finding out about this stuff. And we shouldn't expect you to just jump right in there and be up on that like I may be or Antonia or even Shermichael. I don't I don't expect that, brother. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to go. Can you, can you come with me everywhere I go and explain that to people for me, please? I'm telling you. Like, I've had my own insecurities about that. And, and you know, like I said, you know, just diving in as deep as I've dived in the last, I mean, literally, it hasn't even been a year. It'll be a year in March that I've literally become an active participant in the firearms community. And yes, it, it comes with a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. still picking up on a lot of the nuances and a lot of the things that are really important to the firearms community. But that's what why I think that the mix of me and Michael is so good because he is really embedded in that. Him and Antonio, they have all of this wealth of knowledge. And myself, I'm offering that novice to the community perspective. So that mm-hmm. way, you know, people that really are maybe even thinking about becoming an active member of the firearms community, purchasing a firearm, they can live vicariously through me as I pick up on all of these things. Mm-hmm. So we think that's also important. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Antonio. He's a Marine. And he's the one saying that he's a novice, which the gun. Well, I'm not. I'm not knocking it because I think people in the gun world know this, but we're not allowed to say anything because it's military and it's law enforcement, and they're supposed to be always experts. Why every single gun they know, they they go through every day. So. <laughs> I was about to say you put gun. Yeah, guns, and he's accurate as hell. He's just not familiar with the political machinations. That yeah. come being yeah. pro gun, Second Amendment, because again, he's a soldier. Soldiers, mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be involved in politics. That's the way the framers set up the Constitution. I don't want to get into all of that. 
but there are reasons why we yeah. have these. We could we could get it. We could get into all of that. I think it's. I think it's you know, a, I think it's a fact. Look, I've dealt I've um I've got friends and dealt with guys that were spec ops guys, and they don't know the name of something. That's gun nerd stuff, right? I don't know the names of everything and what this is or whatever. I get into stuff uh, like that, and I've been doing this for about eight years, right? But the the guys who actually do things that everyone else out there fetishizes. They don't know or don't care. That's a tool for them, and they need the tools to work when they need it, and they don't care about the name of it and all that. I'll be honest with you. All I've seen those guys throw things away when they're coming back, right? You know, And so the real gun nerd dudes buy stuff and keep it in the safe, don't even shoot it. There's all kinds of people in the gun community. We need to be more open, and, and when we come across someone like John, we don't need to beat him up. Listen, it's okay to tease him. He's a Marine. He he, he grew up eating crayons. We could tease him. <laughs> yeah. So, but you can't. You shouldn't come down on him. You should. You should help him bring. You know, help bring him along. Have you ever had a red crayon, Hank? Huh? No, I've never been in the Marines or any of the armed services for that, man. I, I appreciate what you've done, but I've got a lot of friends that are Marines. I hear that's what you guys do for fun. Yeah, don't believe the hype, man. <laughs> All right. So listen, I think um, I don't know what the folks, what the questions that the folks have out there uh, and what they want to ask. Um, you you mentioned Sir Michael the political side of this, and then and I, and I know that John is you know you've got some kind of like anxiety around it. Is this something you guys are going to cover on your show? I mean, it's so interesting that you say that. We're actually mm -hmm. filming an episode tomorrow afternoon, evening ish about mm -hmm. the AR fifteen, and this is going to sort of be a thirty minute show, thirty minute episode mm -hmm. that where we're going to really try to focus on dispelling many of the myths of the AR fifteen. Many people say, oh, AR fifteen is so dangerous, it's so scary. We want to break down why the weapon isn't scary, why people shouldn't be afraid of it, and all the various ways the weapon can be utilized from the history of it up until modern day. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, Hank, what I have found, when people are more educated about something, when they experience something, then they begin to become more open-minded about something. It's, it's like you, you used a, a brilliant word. You said a gateway drug a few moments ago in one of your comments about something else. And I really see this as an opportunity for it to be a gateway drug, specifically when you think about the fact that an overwhelming um, percent of new gun owners all of 2020 were African-Americans, African-American women leading that charge. And so you have a whole host of, of new people who are new to this, who are trying to figure it out. Who don't know every single thing and here we are trying to provide a space that's fun we're gonna have a lot of cool experiences but we also want to educate people so they're learning as they're being engaged as well as being entertained and that's that gateway drug the word you used yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun that's i want to remember mm -hmm. that is that this is show is gonna be fun i like to say i tell them all the times like think about the gun people and then think about what the gun people would could wish they could do, right? Mm -hmm. The average person, what they wish they could do. And mm -hmm. so it, that's been a great opportunity to kind of talk about that and experience a really amazing thing that's that going to be coming up for the show. So I think it's going to be something fun for people to look at. It's TV. <laughs> yeah, what was that? What were you trying to say, uh, Shermichael? No, I was just simply saying, when you think about all, all of those different dynamics mm -hmm. of what we have an opportunity here to create I think it's something dynamic. And, and there mm -hmm. are African-Americans like Antonia, Amaj Ture with, with uh, black guns, 
uh, matter. You have uh, Colin Noir, who is just absolutely killing it in what he does. I have a lot of respect for him. There are those individuals who are out there. But what we want to try to do is, as we're paying attention to this growing number of folks, and Antonio eloquently stated, it has to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. We're on broadcast TV. We're not just on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep people, you got to have that, that energy factor. You can do that, Hank, while educating people. And again, education leads to that gateway drug where people's minds become open, and then you can begin to reel them in onto your side. Then they become strong supporters of the Second Amendment because then they realize I need this thing to preserve my freedom, to preserve my liberty. And as African-Americans, this should be most important to us than anything else. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have the ability to defend your rights, to defend your freedoms, nothing else matters. And, right. and so I think that's really, really important as we talk about the potential of what it is here that we're trying to create. I agree with you. I always tell people that you do not have anything that you cannot defend. So if you believe that you have your home or your family or your money, whatever it is, and if you can't defend it, you don't actually have it. You're just like temporarily leasing it until the person comes along who uh, can take it from you. Hey, give me that Tesla, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to have a hard time getting anything from me, but yes. <laughs> you know. Um, and I think that that is really, really important. But what we want to do is first hook people in, because if, if we're on the subject of being black people, you know, I think that one of the problems that we have that's going on in the country right now that's very current is we're all divided by we think, OK, so I'm black, so I should have this political leaning. I should see things this way. You know, everyone's thinking that way, that if you're if you're this, then you should be this. And really, um, when it comes to the Second Amendment, right, when it comes to the Constitution, to me, these are not political things. I don't really care what uh, people's politics are out there, what they believe, what they do. A lot of that's not not my business, you know, but when it comes to this, uh, especially the Second Amendment, because of what we're saying that you do not have something that you cannot defend, it's really important for us to uh, get this, make this very clear to, to folks out there why this is so important. And sometimes you just have to uh, connect to it, get them to connect to it. I think you guys sent me a preview of the show that you have coming out, and it looks like it's a fun show. You're two friends, you know, you're hanging out, you're learning, you're having fun, you're showing other people there. Um, there's lots of different people involved in what you're doing. That's very important to get people who never did this involved. And I'll give you guys a quick example that's relative to 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 where you're doing this in Virginia. Lola's from Virginia. Her family is there. Her younger brother. Um, about, I'm going to say a couple of years ago, he came out to see us and I was showing him guns. And I said, look, you know, he was very apprehensive about it. And I said, let me do this first. Let me show you how to make these things into just a piece of metal. And he was patient. I showed him and he understood that he wouldn't touch them. He still wouldn't touch them, right? He had that, he had that stigma about it, but his friends, you know, uh, living in Maryland and, and, and being in that uh, that area, his friends are into it. So eventually he went out there and he started doing things with them. He started shooting. Next thing I know, he's going to do a CCW class. Then he's buying stuff and all this kind of stuff. This is why it's important to not force feed people things and just try to get them hooked. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I know. I know I'm talking a little bit long here, so. No, Antonio, I mean, I'm, I'm I want to, Hank, I mean, Antonio and I have spoken about this a lot, and, mm -hmm. and I consider her to be an expert on this because this is, you know, this is like her career. She, she's a huge advocate. I have a tremendous amount of respect 
mm-hmm. as it pertains to these issues. Antonio, I mean, you and I talk all the time about political divisions, being African-American, but also why it's important that we keep and bear arms. And you've taught me a lot of stuff that I didn't even know as a political animal, as much as I am, mm-hmm. about to, to bear arms. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, um, why you think this show is so important and what we can bring to help educate other African-Americans about this issue. Yeah, I think um, really it comes down to the biggest thing I think is representation, is that there are going to be people, like you said, that there are 5 million new gun owners just from last year in 2020. Most of them were African-American, a lot of them women. And I don't, I can't say how many times, anytime I'm in type of forum or I was even on clubhouses a couple of days ago and there's always somebody saying it is so good to be able to see someone that looks like me, that mm-hmm. helps me see that I can be there too. I can be doing what they're doing too. And whether that's you're not a Marine and you're a normal guy or you're a political guy, but you're, you're not a military or you're, you're a woman or regardless of, you know, if you're black or white, et cetera, it helps to see people that are not the typical person that you see on TV, because we all know, we know what mass media wants to have perception. I mean, this is say what it is. It's racist when TV broadcast wants to only depict African-Americans when it comes to firearms as something that's negative. It's always a negative uh, connotation or perception around black people with guns. And Mm so this is going to be a positive spin, something exciting where people of all different backgrounds get to see the fun side of, of gun ownership and that it's not this scary, fearful thing. It's something that people of all different types can be a part of. Yeah. And if you keep telling that lie to the folks out there through media, eventually it becomes a truth for some people. And uh, it's pretty destructive. And by the way, the numbers, I think the final numbers from NSSF, and um, I think Brownells had some numbers on this, is about 21 million people bought guns last year. Eight million of those are brand new. Okay. Brand new to this. And a, and a big amount of those are women and people of color, right? Uh, and specifically, yes, there were a lot of black people that were in there buying uh, buying the guns. I think one of the things we talk about here on the show, by the way, shout out to uh, the real NOC out there, Kevin Dixie. Uh, I see him in the chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things we talk about here is that so many of those black people are buying guns because they're afraid, right? You know, something happened and they think, oh, I'm living in America and someone out there is going to come for me. Um, and, and they want to be able to defend themselves. Let me let me ask this question, if I could, to the to the non-political creature, uh, John. Now, now that you're really getting into this, obviously, you served your country. You know, uh, you, you did what you had to do out there for some considerable time. And then you actually got into this. Now that you're getting into it, what would you say if someone came to you and said, guess what? You can't have these things anymore. No, listen, I've. I've honestly been running through scenarios in my head as to how I'm going to respond if it ever comes to that. And I haven't settled on something that I can live with at this point, to be honest with you. Um, you know, to be honest, it's one of those things where I get out of the Marine Corps in 2008. I didn't own a weapon. I didn't purchase a firearm at all. 2020, it's it's at risk. We don't know if we'll be able to buy them anymore because they may all be sold out and they'll stop making them or because they'll say we can't have them. 
the fact that that privilege was at risk, that right was at risk, mm-hmm. prompted me to go and purchase. I mean, immediately. I didn't even have to think twice about it. So it's one of those things where I don't even know. I'm not even sold on the fact that all of these people that purchased firearms were afraid. I just think that when you tell someone they can't do something and they realize that they were able to do it, now they want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this, this, this. I don't know if it was a scare tactic or if it's, you know, what, what the real agenda was there, but it might have backfired, in my opinion, because once you say you can't do something, now everybody wants to do it. So, you know, and even even to dive further into that, me and Shermichael will go to the range sometimes, and you would see a long line outside of the range, and you could look at these people and tell they don't come to the range. You could tell by the way that they're dressed. You could tell by how many people they have with them going to a small indoor range. You could tell by so many different nuances that these people, you know, they're 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 finding this out for the first time right now under these circumstances. So it's just something that you really can't ignore. And it's something that made, you know, our platform even more relevant and, and more desirable to launch. Mm-hmm. Time. Yeah. Good it's point. time for them to be on there. It's time. I, I think it's, and we know the gun community a lot and how many times we talk about this and hope that we would have something like this. It's finally happening and it's an honor, privilege to be a part of the project and wouldn't be doing this with any other two guys. So I'm really excited about this. It, it's um, it's about time, but it also takes time. It takes a lot of work, right? There's a lot of work that uh, these guys are going to have to put in, that everyone is going to have to put in. I see uh, Brian Quick says, um, you know, new gun owners did not translate into pro-gun politicians winning races. I think that those and, – and the reason for that is these are just pe- folks coming online. And it takes time for those people to start realizing what's going on. On the flip side of that, I've seen the media saying that all these new uh, gun owners, this uh, 21 million uh, uh, background checks run and 8 million new gun owners equals it's not going to be so easy to try to ban guns. Right? Yeah. I mean, Hank, if I could, can I speak to that? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, when you when you think about that, and that's a very good point. These new owners did not translate to pro-gun uh, members of Congress, House, Senate, or, or state officers, maybe even some local officers, because local municipalities, they can't have regulations like we see in the District of Columbia on how many magazines uh, you, you can have, it, et cetera. So that is a good point. But I would say to that point, many African-Americans, I would argue perhaps close to a majority, aren't even familiar with the history African-Americans have with gun ownership, going all the way back to slavery and why we had guns, why we wanted to maintain guns. It was so important to us because you cannot be free, again, if you don't have the right to protect and defend yourself. And so I think to that point, I would say as people become more educated, then you can begin to connect other dots. But, but it has to, everything to me is always about education, Hank. If you, if you, it's like a child. If you don't teach a child something and, and they get older, then mm-hmm. no one should be surprised when the child goes away and they do dumb, stupid stuff, mm-hmm. like become criminals, mm-hmm. right? But when you educate people and you equip them with that knowledge and the tools and the skill sets to say, well, wait a minute here, I need to question this more. Now I ha- I'm equipped with connecting to various dots. Ah, this is why it's important that I support representatives, congressmen, senators, et, et cetera, that are pro-Second Amendment because this is important for me for various reasons. 
then you can you can see that become a realization. But again, you have to educate people. Mm-hmm. Everything to me is about education. When people are better educated, they make better decisions. When people aren't educated, we see what happens. They make dumb decisions or they make decisions that just to be quite frank are not in their best interest. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality. And we can be honest about that. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, I always remember years ago uh, when I was oh, like, I, I don't know, I, I think I was about 20 years old in New York, right? And um, I had this job working at a hospital and it was really prestigious. So I was actually the doorman. And there was a, a black executive that was coming in there. Uh, they dealt with bones stuff. So if you broke your legs or your hips, things like that, right? Um, and there was a black executive that always came there. He had his leg broken and he was going through the whole process. And I think we would talk for about a year. And when he was finally all healed up and him and I were talking, I said, you know, how'd you wind up over here? And he told me, oh, I, I fell out of a tree. That's how I broke my leg. And I remember saying to him, what? How'd you fall out of a tree? What's that about? And he said, oh, I was hunting black bear. And so being this New Yorker, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Black bear? You were hunting? I didn't even know black people hunted. <laughs> and he, he said this to me. He said, listen, don't ever let people tell you what black people do and what they don't do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that stuck with me my whole entire life. Because there's always people out there trying to do that. And what you said is very true. This, when, when I got to know him, his, he, he came from the South. And for generations, his family hunted. You know, coming out of like maybe wanting to defend themselves. But growing up in the South, they had to learn how to hunt and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't really find like see it fully that way until I started living in the South. And I was walking somewhere one day and a guy walks out of uh, the bushes in front of me with a shotgun thrown over uh, his shoulder. And I came to realize, he, you know, he was like hunting something. Right. That he was coming out of there. And this is a normal thing where I live. And it's not a. Not a white guy coming out of there with that gun over his shoulder, black guy. And there's people who've been doing that for generations and generations and generations. They are just not represented and they're not just coming along newly now to be getting into guns. Right. That's what I hate about the whole narrative that, oh, people, more black people are trying to get guns because it's the era of Trump or whatever mm-hmm. type of hype, you know, mm-hmm. the media always wants to bring into the narrative. Uh, some um, people are saying that in the chat. We have Rodney Brady, who's our friend, um, you know, and he's saying that in the chat that there's a lot of people doing that. There's probably some people, Antonia, but I, I'm with you. I don't believe that the majority of black people. Come on. Th- Trump came along and now black people are afraid of white people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I think that was the first. That's what we're like, no, what? we're not afraid. We're not, we're not afraid. We're just prepared. Like the whole mm-hmm. not paranoid, we're prepared type mm-hmm. thing. But the, the fact of the matter is, is even with black women, they want to make it, oh, it's something because the misogyny of Trump and also the racism of Trump. Like I wasn't thinking about that five, six years ago when I shot my firearm for the first time. And by the way, I was on the left and a Democrat and anti-gun. I became pro-gun and learned a lot about liberty afterwards because I was wanting to be pro-woman. I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to defend other women because I'm a sexual assault survivor. Had nothing to do with whatever this, like, I'm so scared of Trump thing. And so mm-hmm. when that's what I think we, we have to be careful about is that they will even try to make this win for us something that's negative, like, 
as if we should be afraid of something in order to have a firearm mm -hmm. when it's a right mm -hmm. symbol. And that's why we have it. So, I mean, so yeah. Antonio is absolutely right. You mean to tell me a people who were enslaved, right? Went through slavery, went through the jury segregation. You're going to freaking tell me those same people are somehow all of a sudden afraid of one guy in 2020, 2021, and all of a sudden we're so afraid we have to go about that is BS. or not even exactly. not even Trump. Let's say maybe they're afraid of the Trumpers, but why would they be that? They've lived forever yeah. with I the Trumpers. Want, There's a lot of black people that are Trumpers. I think it's not black people have gone through too much BS to have all of a sudden be so afraid. That now, because of Trump or his supporters, mm -hmm. we feel that it, that's bullshit. And I hope I can say that on your podcast. You, abso you absolutely can. That is not true. <laughs> Black people are not afraid, and we have to stop peddling this ridiculous, crazy narrative that all of a sudden we're sort of, And I'm not saying, Hank, as you said, maybe there are a small percent that may be. But I believe the vast majority realize, you know what? I have this right. I want to go and defend myself. Hank, if I could tell you the number of black people, and I usually never post anything about guns until Antonia actually convinced me. She's like, how come you never even, I didn't even know this about you. Why you never post anything? Mm -hmm. And so I finally started posting. If I could tell you the number of black people that follow me who are not Republican, maybe they're conservative, moderate, I don't know, but they're certainly not Republican who message me and say, bro, I shoot. Or I've always wanted to get into guns. Man, seeing you and I respect you. I want to go buy a gun for my wife or for my family has nothing to do with President Trump, has nothing to do with his supporters. People just want to maintain and keep their right to bear arms, period. Mm -hmm. That's simply it. The buck stops there. And we have to stop peddling this narrative that we're somehow scary people because we're not. We have every right as every damn body else to go and buy a gun. And we should. We should learn how to utilize them and buy as many as you can, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Join me Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jo support GOA. Support all the organizations out there that are fighting for your Second Amendment rights. OK, uh, think about the Constitution. S spend some time trying to figure out why this document makes America different, a young country uh, on the yeah. face of this planet, different from any other in the world. And even though mm -hmm. there's been issues in America, nowhere on the face of this planet is perfect. No man or woman is perfect. We we are endeavoring to be better. That's the important thing. And here, like I, I don't live in Gainesville. I live out in the country, but I'm in Gainesville a lot. There's a lot of people that I see here, a lot of black professional people who tell me all the time they could take my guns from my cold dead hands. That's what they tell me. Uh, those people will take my guns from my cold dead hands. And this is not a thing that I've been hearing since Trump became the president, right? This is right. just a narrative that's out there. I'm not trying to defend Trump or do anything like that. I'm just saying the idea is ridiculous that the majority of black people are into guns because of Trump. And this is the thing too though, Hank, also, is the fact of the matter is that this is where we're getting into the outreach, talking mm -hmm. about the gun community and, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about the stuff that we need to work on, is that there are black, there are pro-gun people, like Schermichael was saying, that they're not Republicans, <laughs> that actually stayed away from the Republican Party. For sure. And they probably will continue to do that. And you know what? Listen to me. 
it's okay. Well, why, why okay. can you blame them? The Republican the Party is just as bad as the Democratic Party, right? As the Democrats. Well, the thing <laughs> is that there are people who want to make you into this mold, right? It's like right. missionaries who go to a different country and mm -hmm. you can't be a Christian unless you're a Christian this way, mm -hmm. right? And we've seen that in the, in the Christian world mm -hmm. of, of people who want to mold you into the exact way or you are not doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that there are a whole bunch of pro-gun black African-American gun groups that didn't like Trump or don't like Republicans or don't like Biden. I mean, there's just like so many different facets of the black community and the black pro-gun community. And it's OK. And it has they have to be welcomed, even if you don't agree with their ideology and their background. They have to be welcomed just like anybody else. And so I'm just telling this to the gun community, please, please be welcoming in that way. And that's why. I'm so excited about this show because it, it won't be about, it's not gonna be political. It's mm -hmm. gonna be fun. It's gonna be about teaching people and getting people into movement. If they wanna go in a certain direction, that's awesome. But let's at least get them where they're at. And this is a great way to start. Absolutely. See, like I said, the second amendment is apolitical. It is apolitical. It's not about party affiliation. It is a, about your right to keep and bear arms. And as Antonia said, we just want to educate people and have a shitload of fun while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And, and also, if I if I could chime in. Absolutely. You know, we haven't heard from you, John. Listen, man, these guys be on a roll. Come on. I, you know, You're gonna, like, you have to represent for the Marines. You got to jump in here. No, no, seriously, man. I mean, you know, one of the things that I definitely want to point out is that uh, one of the other reasons why it may come off that way or they may be able to try to spin that narrative is because – you know, people like to follow other people. And that's just a fact. That's just what it is. The majority does that, right? So for example, you know, I have a lot of friends that were, they were just like me. They didn't own firearms or anything like that. They see me purchase firearms. I take them to the range of me. They start shooting my, my firearms. Um, and next thing you know, they're also buying their own personal arsenals, right? Their girlfriends. Oh, I'm not having that gun in my house. You're not gonna bring it over here. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's at the base. Oh, I want a pink gun now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it's 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 all about exposure, right? So when your only exposure to firearms is one more example. So so my wife, I didn't even realize this. I started shooting in the desert with one of my friends in Las Vegas last year before I purchased the firearm. He he actually took me out to the desert. I was shooting some of his weapons. So then when when my wife came with me to Vegas, we took her out there uh, to do that, right? And we were all comfortable, and she was terrified. Now, she didn't tell me this while we were there, but afterwards, you know, I said, hey, how'd you enjoy it? She was like, oh, my God, I, I didn't have a good time at all. And I was like, why? She was like, I was terrified. I was like, why? Why were you terrified? And she was like, y'all seemed really comfortable, but I mean, like, I only see guns blowing people's heads off on TV. You know, I only hear about guns when somebody is an active shooter somewhere or something like that, yeah, right? Or she thinks it's, it's only for the bad guys. That's what Lola thought. Well, yeah, 100%. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So so when when I purchase firearms and I take my friends out to the range and I'm teaching them marksmanship and I'm teaching them fundamentals and they grasp that weapon and they're, 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 they're gaining confidence. It's confidence, it's comfortability, and then the next thing you know, it's enjoyment, affinity. And now they're buying it, they're teaching other people, they're bringing other people in. So to be honest, that's the reason why this, this enormous number of people were purchasing. Because one person purchased... They enjoyed it. They showed someone else and so on and so on and so forth, coupled with obviously this whole Second Amendment continuous argument that we're having. Yeah. 
Um, listen, so let's do this. Let's do this here because you guys uh, have limited time, even though your asses came in here a little bit late, but you know, I'm not going to talk about that. No, actually, hey. I did. I did. I did talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, settled in, I'm settled in now, so I'm here as long as you need. No, me, it's buddy. good. We've got we've got some stuff arranged. Don't worry about it. But I want to make sure we hit a couple of points about the show. I, I want to make sure people go check this show out. Kermit loves bacon though. Has a question. He wants to know what stack uh, stucco stucco. What do you guys call that gun? Yeah, he wants to know what you guys have. So don't show it. You can't show guns while we're live. So I didn't. I was, I was grabbing my cup. Yeah, I know. I understand. While you're reaching for your cup, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's actually people's out there on YouTube. Like people think that this conversation is not important. I'll tell you how important it is. YouTube instituted a policy where when we're live, we cannot handle firearms. And when they did that, they specifically spoke to me and they specifically told me they were going to be watching me. And they do watch me and they have cut off the show and done all kinds of things to us. So uh, this is why it is important to have the political conversation, even though I know it gets tedious. I know it's tough for people. You know, it's it's all part of this. Right. It's all something that we have to do. So what do you guys have? You could tell the folks out there and they could Google it. Yeah. So, I mean, I have the Staccato P, um, a 2019 and 2020 edition. I have a AR-15 by Star Arms called the Grunt. I actually used to have, Hank, like 30 weapons. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, believe it or not, were actually Glocks. And I got rid of them. Some were C, uh, not CZ, some were um, Smith and Wessons. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really shoot them because some were given to me by people that I had met. Mm -hmm. And John and I used to laugh all the time because once I found out about Staccato and I started shooting them, at a range in Northern Virginia, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never shooting a Glock again. And sure enough, I never shot any of my yeah. Glocks okay. again. So Kermit Loves Bacon wants to know Staccato P or C. And I guess he calls it a Stacco or Stacco. No, no. So the Staccato yeah. C, mm -hmm. uh, John has the Staccato C Duo, uh, which is a little different from the Staccato C because the, the original Staccato C was just a single stack magazine. I think nine, maybe plus one in the chambers. Mm -hmm. The Scott O'P, the new one, the 2020 edition, is about 4.4 inch length of the barrel. 2019 is about four inches in total, if I remember correctly. And of course, that's a double stack magazine, uh, 20 in the mag plus one in the chamber. And the Scott C Duo allows you to have a, a red dot on top, which John loves those ridiculous things. I like pure iron sights, but that's another conversation. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm probably with you on the iron sights. I prefer iron sights over red dots to be. Well, well, I'll address that shortly. After the correction, <laughs> is a Staccato C2 duo. Okay. So the Staccato... The Staccato C also comes in a duo, and that's just the Dawson Universal Optic setup to where you can put a red dot on it. So the Staccato C and the Staccato C2 right. both can the duo setup. Um, the C2 so you guys, are you guys getting any money from these Staccato people? Because if not, they need to sponsor your show, for crying out loud. <laughs> Hank, I'm working on that, and we will be in Texas with staccato so i'm working on that <laughs> okay yeah okay if not if not because these seem like some kind of, these seem like 1911s and i actually have some friends of mine that are building uh 1911s as other guns and they're from louisiana i'm just oh, nice. saying yeah, yeah hank hank they are essentially like a 1911 frame mm -hmm. but as yeah. 1911s are only single stack magazines man you can't do anything with i mean you can shoot uspsa there are certain limited divisions where you can shoot single stack and you're again you're here you know this but mm. double stack that's fun man that's so much fun to have more rounds you can have a blast 
And yeah. it's not of it because you have that the precision, right, that comes with a 1911. There is nothing better. But then you have the the, the lower half, the grip of a 2011. That so are these 45s or 9 millimeter? I think you said they're 9s, right? Or are they 45s? They, they, are, they do come, the Staccato P does come in a 45 caliber. I'm not sure about the Staccato C2 uh, Duo. John, no, no, it doesn't. So just 9. Okay. At least you're still shooting 9 millimeters. I can, uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Hank. I'm getting ready to actually get a CZ75 uh, Shadow Tactical. And that will probably not be a nine. So we'll no. see. Oh, okay. What, what does that mean? What is it going to be? Well, because I want, as I'm getting ready for USPSA, I'm trying to figure out if I want to stick with nine or go up to like a 40, 45. And apparently when you do the, the mathematical calculations, it's better if I go up uh, to like a 40, 45. That's what I was told by the guy who's training me, mm -hmm. who's nationally ranked. And so I'm giving it some consideration. That's why. Oh, okay. All right. Did you want to jump in here, Antonia? No, I just, this is, this is when they nerd out, when you guys all nerd out. And, <laughs> and just learn. So, I yeah. thought the word nerd and son would go together, to be honest with you. I just never, never yeah. knew it was a yeah, so let's do this before these guys get out of here. I don't know if the baby is up. Uh, by the way, Antonia, I, I believe it was Flying Rich wanted to know if we get to know the name of the baby. I don't know if you're giving up those details. That's up to you. I'm not trying to, you know. Uh, Look, I made a decision. It's either I give the name out or I don't show pictures. And you show obviously pictures. I'm showing pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. there you go. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a cute baby. That's all you know, uh, you know. Okafor Cover baby, that's what we'll call it, you know. Yeah. Call it guns out, baby. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, we need to put some onesies on in the shop, but I don't know. Dude, listen, we can talk about a whole line of guns out, baby apparel, okay? Bibs, uh, sippy cups, whatever you want. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah, CB says the baby's name is Clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, but these guys will want the baby's name to be Stockholm. <laughs> no, sure, Michael is like the honorary godfather of uh, our baby cover, so there's no way, since he hates blocks, he can't hate uh, baby cover, so oh. it can't be a cover. Oh, understood. <laughs> it's going all the way. It's I don't hate blocks. Blocks are very customizable, they're great guns, they're enjoyable. For, you know, for certain things. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. But I prefer nicer things. Listen, That's this all. is what I tell people. Uh, you don't hate Glocks. Glock, Glock hates you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. That's, like really, it. that's really what I think about HK. That's really what I think about HK, by the way. And guess what? Guess who now owns an MP5? This guy. You do. Uh, yeah. I had the Glock 17, I had the Glock 19, I had the, the um, Glock 45, which the 19 slide, 17 grip. I had, what is it, the 34 for competitive shooting with a lighter trigger. I mean, so look, again, I don't have anything against Glocks. You can customize them. It's easy to drop in the trigger. You can do all types of things with the internals on Glocks to make them shoot a whole lot better, change the sights, etc., than what they come stock. Again, yeah. you're, you know this. I just personally prefer that 1911 style frame. And there is something about that 
uh, Hank, that you just cannot replicate. I don't care what the company is. You cannot replicate or make anything better. And, and, and there's a reason why when you look at most of the best shooters in the world, most of them shoot 2011s for a reason because there is something yep. about the 1911 design that nothing can compete with. No, listen, um, listen. I already know that are in the comments right now. Huh? Okay. Yeah, listen. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to be dogmatic. I'm just testing you to see how passionate you are about it. So, like, to see if you're real. Because you said that you worked with, with uh, Romney. And, you know, I was like, okay, I got to make sure he's for real. That's, you know. Take that off the resume. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but not really. Newt Ginrich, you all you had to do to say to me was Newt Ginrich. I think that Newt is is the person that the Republican Party needs to listen to. I know he's Brilliant. old school, but he gets this nonsense, and I feel like Republicans don't get it, and they, and they are going to crash and burn. That's my hey. and I am a Republican. I'm officially in the Republican Party. And I'm disappointed because for a long time I was registered as a Democrat, you know, but I, I voted for Republicans and stuff like that. But uh, Newt Gingrich is all you needed to say to me. Hey, Newt is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And when I was a student at Morehouse, this was actually before I ever met Gingrich. Um, when I was at the uh, there's a library on Clark Atlanta's campus, Woodruff Library. Mm -hmm. And it's somewhere in the library. I don't even know if this picture is still there. There was a picture of Newt Gingrich, I want to say maybe either in the late 80s or some at some point in the 90s, in the Atlanta University Center. And if your audience isn't familiar, that's Clark Atlanta University, Spelman College, mm -hmm. Morehouse College, three historically black colleges and universities, Spelman and Morehouse clearly being the cream of the crop. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And when I had the chance to meet him and ultimately work on his presidential campaign, I was blown away for his affinity and, and his recognition of the party needing to do more to reach out specifically to African-Americans. And as he and I had talked about at the time when I was a college student, he said, you know, black people are the original uh, members of the Republican Party. You, you guys are like the first members of the party. We got to get back to that. So a brilliant guy. He gets politics. But most importantly, Hank, he understands strategy. Mm -hmm. And if you want to win, you have to understand strategy at the end of the day. Yeah. So I agree with Absolutely. We'll have to have you come back on and get into this. I want to get into the show because there are people asking, like, how can they watch this show? What can they what can they do here? I am going to point folks to um, the YouTube channel, I believe. Uh, yes, I have the I have your YouTube channel here so I can show people. It's basically Guns Out TV if you guys are interested, if you want to know. Yeah. Um, and I'll pull it up. If you go to the dot com, everything is going to be everything is on. You, they can access everything on the dot com, including the store where you can get a cool shirt like this. Oh, yeah. and, and like this too. Sorry. Yeah. Hold <laughs> on. There you go. Okay. We're hooking you up too. Don't worry, ladies. Oh, oh no, we got everything <laughs> girls need. We got everything the girls need. Yeah, <laughs> great line that, yeah. that we've been working on that's coming out, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, okay, very cool. Rodney Brady says his son said Howard is the cream of the crop. He said go Bisons. So, oh man, you know what? Okay, to to that I will say at Morehouse we used to say Howard the cowards, and Howard has a joke about us, but I can't even say that. And <laughs> <laughs> Tony just covered her face for anyone who's listening on audio. Oh. I'm okay. not even getting involved in this. I didn't go to college. I got my doctorate from the streets. 
Guns out TV.com. In Virginia area, mm-hmm. you can watch the show on Sundays from 1 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not in the area, we will be populating the shows that air in our television market, which is a seventh. Mm-hmm. This ABC is the seventh largest uh, television market in the country, the Washington, D.C. metro area. Baltimore, mm-hmm. Maryland, Northern Virginia, etc. And for folks who aren't in the area, you can watch those episodes digitally via the YouTube page. So if you're worried, like, oh my God, I don't live in that area, how can I watch the show? Mm-hmm. You have nothing to be worried about. The full episodes will be online, and we encourage you guys to watch them, share them, like, comment, all of the above. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and uh, let me see. Uh, Kermit Loves Bacon says, subbed. Down the Barrel LLC says, uh, and you guys, if you don't know Down the Barrel LLC, you should get connected with him. That is a uh, a, a black gentleman. Um, I think he, what was he in the Air Force or the uh, or the Army? But anyway, he's uh, he's making ARs and stuff like that. He uh, actually yeah. builds the ARs for uh, Black Rambo. If you ever heard of Black oh, Rambo, oh yeah, yeah. So, nice. So, yeah, you might you might want to get linked up with him. Um, Lola says she subbed. You know. Um, so there's lots of folks. Just go out there, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check out the uh, okay. the website. If you're able to watch these guys, uh, watch them. Hopefully they can get this connected to more places around the country. We need to see uh, firearms, it, it, something something that it, that has its roots right in the Constitution, Second Amendment, guns. Why isn't it on TV more? <laughs> Right. So we need to make that happen and we need to get more of that stuff going. What's the first show going to be about and tell everyone exactly what time again it's coming on? John. So the first show is going to be uh, about uh, we highlighted a local range here in the DMV called Machine Gun Nest. And we thought it was going to be a great first episode because, I mean, people when you think about, you know, guns, people think about machine guns, full auto. You know, when you look at movies and action movies and video games. It was, it's all about the you know the full auto machine guns. So there was a range out of Maryland called Machine Gun Nest that actually has a host of full auto machine guns. So we went there and we highlighted the range, the owners, the whole concept behind that full auto machine gun range. Um, and then we did a lot of shooting of full autos and ended it with a 50 cal Barrett, which was just insane. I mean, listen, it's a fun episode, very lighthearted, yeah. and it just just really goes to show what you can do at a local range anywhere in your area. Um, so yeah, that's what the first episode is about. Okay, yeah. very good. But it's not just a gun range show. There's oh, a lot. Absolutely. You tell them. Yeah, what, yeah, are, no, what are you going to be and doing on there, Antonio? about the time difference uh, for this particular airing. I mean, it won't matter when, for those that are watching digitally, but in the local area, we're going to be in a different time slot specifically yeah, because so of well, show, We're not going to be in our normal 1 to 1.30 time slot because there's actually an NFL game. So mm-hmm. there, there are going to be these occasions every once in a while when an NFL game airs where they will push the time to slate it to later. And again, okay. if you're watching digitally, it won't really matter. And even if you're in the market, you can still watch the show digitally. But again, yes. NFL plays, pays millions of bucks, so it's kind of difficult to compete with the NFL when you're airing on, on TV. But yeah, so that was one particular episode. But Hank, if I can, upcoming episodes we have, we have one where we did a shoot house experience, okay. which if you are not on a SWAT team or you're not some special forces, you think like, shoot house, why in the heck would I want to do something like this? It was fun, it was cool, but I think what, what I personally learned out of that, uh, Hank, was that it really puts you in a very high, intense, stressful environment 
of, of how do you need to react under pressure when there's multiple potentially assailants in your home and also family members in your home? How do you react? How do you make sure you don't accidentally kill one of your family members? And all of those different dynamics that you think, oh, I don't have to worry about this. So that's a really cool one. We have one coming up in Las Vegas. We're going to be shooting out of tanks. That's really cool. We're going to be shooting out of helicopters, hog hunting in Texas in a couple of weeks. So we have some dynamic stuff. Very, I'm about. very jealous. People to stay. That's cool. I told you, baby. <laughs> That's what gun people want to do. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. 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 By the way, guys, um, I mean, I saw you guys were struggling lifting up the 50s. Come on. You got, you know, come on. I, I could shoot those 50s one handed. I just got to say. You know, oh, okay. So next time, next time, next time. I'm, listen, you're not the first person to make that joke. <laughs> it's a joke, okay? And I shouldered it as if I was shouldering a regular rifle, okay? So, you know, some people that, that, that get the tip under their arm or they might try to hip fire that thing. No, I, I put it in my shoulder like I was getting ready to shoot an uh, uh, AR-15. And, yeah, no, I felt like it, it wasn't happening. Yeah, although you should you should be doing it from the prone. Lots of people said they subbed. Uh, Brick subbed. Vanessa Kitty subbed. Uh, My phone is lighting up, man. We yeah. appreciate that. We really, yeah. really do. And you guys will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kermit Loves Bacon says, sorry, I'm just a boring white dude. That's his thing. But he subbed to you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, Down the Barrel LLC says, uh, I know Shermichael met him through Liberty Austin. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Armament and Access sub. James Miller subbed. You know, uh, so there's lots of folks out there that are subbing to you guys. I um, I wish you success. Great success on that show. If there's any way that I could help out, Antonia, you know that. You guys should have my info right now. If there's any way that I can help out, I'll be happy to do that. Please come back on. You Be brave. Spend the whole two hours next time. You know, set that, set that aside. As you can see, this is fun to talk to the people. No, it is. Yeah, it when is. you guys become big celebrities, say, don't forget the people. That's all I'm saying. Hank, I just want to say, you know, we really do appreciate you for giving us an opportunity mm -hmm. to be on your platform. Absolutely. And we appreciate the audience for supporting us. As you guys know, as you know, Hank, when you start anything new, you're never certain uh, if you're going to get the support. You're never certain what the outcome is going to be. And, and so far, we have received an insurmountable amount. It's almost like a serendipitous moment. It's like you just walk upon something by happenstance, yes. the amount of support we have received. And I just gotta say, we are so, so grateful. And it just gives us the encouragement of knowing one, people are behind us, which makes us wanna produce the best damn content we possibly can, because we don't wanna let people down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think you guys are gonna do great. You have great uh, chemistry. You know, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to buy into, like that fun. That's what I try to do and what I'm doing. I'm just having fun and I'm just hanging out with my friends and we're doing what we do. So uh, good luck with that. Uh, I know that we have, we've, I think we've got KD and we've got Sean Curtis coming in here. So I know you guys probably have to, uh, to go out of here, but I would encourage folks once again. Uh, what do you want folks to know or how can they follow people on social media? Antonia, we'll start with Antonia. So if anyone wants to follow you, follow baby, uh, you know, Okafor Cover, you know. Uh, Okafor Cover, I don't know, look at that. <laughs> me in trouble with my husband. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> You can follow me at and I know, Antonia underscore Okafor. You don't really get to just change that so easily on Twitter mm -hmm. and par Parlor. Actually, it's Antonia Cover. So I was a good wife on that one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, Instagram. It's Antonia underscore Co uh, Antonia underscore Okafor still. 
since I've had that. Yeah. Cream. By the way, your husband's very cool, dude. You guys make a beautiful family. Um, you know, I think yeah. you guys are awesome. He's a pastor, so he calms yeah. me down. So. Yeah. And Tony, I'm still <laughs> waiting to have a conversation about that book. You know, where is it? Where is Uh-oh. it? Somewhere over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> man was I didn't so even quick. see that book. Did anybody see that right. book? Like, <laughs> I don't even hold that up to the hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Let me go full screen. Still. Okay. So <laughs> I am a bit of a nerd nerd and I read a lot of stuff. I mean, I was gonna get a PhD yeah. in political philosophy. And yeah. so I read a lot of theory, a lot of history stuff, a lot of stuff about economics and with Antonio's husband being a pastor, he is a brilliant, brilliant guy. And he and I talked and we got into metaphysics about religion and Christianity, just all types of really. Th- and I don't get to have these conversations often with the exception of a few of my Morehouse brothers. And so I recommend. The book I know Antonio about metaphysics. I mean, come on, man. I know, I, know how to, I know how to go into the astral plane. Come on. It's not just Dr. Strange out here. I don't understand. I, just, I, mean, I, I just love having those opportunities to bond with my friends on a whole plethora understood. and multitude of levels. That's all I'm saying. Understood. Listen, shout out to the nerdy brothers out there. You know, we might not win in high school, but we win later on. I know all about that. I know all about that. Let's let Man, John. It's cool to know stuff, okay? <laughs> Period. It's cool to know stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John, if the folks out there want to, like, maybe get in touch with you on social media or follow you, how should they do that? Uh, listen, all my handles are at Mr. J Keys, at M R J K E Y S. Simple as that. Okay, awesome. And sure, Michael, do you only have one name? Are you, like, you know, it's one of those one name dudes? Uh, <laughs> it's actually two names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know. at some point, we're gonna have you on the show, so I can mess with you this much, okay? <laughs> this is what I do to everyone. Ask Antonia; she knows. <laughs> she knows how I get down. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I actually have a parlor too, but I haven't used it in quite a while. But everything is at Shermichael underscore at S H E R M I C H A E L underscore. Awesome, awesome. Okay, thanks to all you guys. Uh, I don't know, Lola, are the folks ready to come in? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so we could get we could get Kevin Dixie and, and, and everyone starting to come in here. Thanks so much, Antonia. I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, John, same thing, same thing to you, sure, Michael. Good luck with the show. Guns Out TV, guys. Make sure you all check wife, that out. By the way, your wife is dynamic. I want to say thank you uh, to Mrs. Strange. She, she's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, Lola. They want yeah, you yeah. to know. They want you to know how awesome I am, and that you should be very, very privileged to be married to me. That's what they just said. <laughs> That's exactly what we said. <laughs> now, if Mrs. Strange shows up to my house with a shotgun. I'm blaming it on you. Yeah, no, she, yeah. She's more of an AR type of chick, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Right, okay. Lola. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, stay there, everyone here with the show. We're, these guys are leaving, but we're going to have, uh, we have uh, the pastor, Kevin Dixie, coming in here, uh, as well as some other people. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Hank. You're welcome. All right. So let's see. Thanks, Antonia. Um, down the barrel LLC says the more you know the more you grow the more you learn the more you earn so there you go that's from uh, down the barrel LLC uh, by the way shout out to him I know Lola I don't know if you connected with Lola or not but she's trying to get you on the show so you need to get that done let me see if uh, if if Kevin Dixie is out there I got to dial into him while we're waiting for John to figure out how to sign out 
<laughs> Listen, I thought I just froze. Now you don't even really... know how to sign out. Oh, Marines, you got to hit the crayons. Oh, wait, did he sign out now? <laughs> okay. Uh, Sean Curtis is also ready. Okay, yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna hit him up. I'm trying to doll Kevin Dixie right now. <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you guys are hanging out with me right now for the minute uh, while we're trying to get this going on. Hopefully, we're, I think we're still here. I think everything's still going. If you guys are uh, here, smash the thumbs ups, all right? Uh, you know, we... Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I spell, how I spell Sean's name because there's all these people. Okay, there you go. Uh, there we go. We're getting Kevin Dixie coming in right now. Katie, what's up, Katie? Oh, there we are. I'm visible. There Sorry, you caught me out. Yeah. yeah, I thought I'd never get rid of those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, you, you're smoking cigars and you have the, all the. Oh, boy. <laughs> you got the. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the night vision gear on. Sean Curtis joining us. So you guys know Kevin. You know Kevin Dixie. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Um, I, I think, Kevin, you know Sean. Uh, we were all out in uh, New Mexico together. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So Long what's time. up to you guys? Yep. Uh, how's everyone doing? Oh, we're just kind of going to start dry like that? All right, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how you're doing. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, go ahead, Sean. You know, yeah, I'm awesome. good, man. Um, just kind of recovering from everything that happened today and trying to wrap my head around it. And uh, oh, what is that? What happened today? <laughs> what happened yesterday? I guess. Oh, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely understood. Yeah, lots of stuff went down. I know uh, KD and I were talking about that. Uh, last night, actually. Uh, what, what's your take on all this stuff going on, Sean? I know this is kind of like a massive switch, right, in tempo and everything, because uh, we were just having fun and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but when you saw all this unfolding, Sean, what did you think about it? Um, and I understand you're coming from a, a from a point of view as uh, someone that's in law enforcement, which I'm sure will set some people off. But let's you know, let's hear what you thought about all this. Sure, um, man, I, I kind of had to bite my tongue most of this year watching all of the riots and, and all the lawlessness that was going on and, and really kind of struggled with that. Um, but most of that was perpetrated from the left side of things. And, you know, I kind of cleave to that whole law and order thing that's in my meat and potatoes. It's how I've made my living, how I've fed my family. And um, switching from that and then seeing what happened yesterday, um, I think it was unprecedented. I don't think it was unpredictable, but it was definitely uh, different than what we've been seeing all year. Most of the radicalism, to me, feels like it has been on the left side. But we saw some of that anger boil over on the right. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, and I think it's a little bit more complex than the media is making it out to be. Um, sure. I, I personally wouldn't say that Trump went out there to incite people. I think that Trump has a legit and, and the people, the folks supporting him have a legitimate beef 
an argument and they were talking about that. And the folks who were out there uh, marching on Capitol Hill, in my opinion, had the right to do that, to go out there and protest. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I think there was some infiltrations there. there and some things went wrong um, uh, on on both sides of that, right? Obviously, there is at least one person that wound up being killed, and I think three other people died just Correct. based on, uh, you know, exposure and different things that were happening. You know, yeah. they they had medical emergencies and stuff like that that died, and maybe 54 people arrested. The thing that makes me mad about everything that I saw is that politicians, including the ones that we like, like that one-eyed dude is out there saying that we don't have the right uh, to to go up to Capitol Hill and be mad about anything. And that's just not true. They don't have the right to be comfortable. No politician has the right to be comfortable. Should we go up there and smash windows and burn the place down and attack people? No, mm -hmm. but we have the right to go up there and make our voices heard, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll step back for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Hank, just being a historian, amateur historian myself, I understand and I respect that our country was founded on rebellion. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is always a possibility in the future, right? Mm -hmm. But um, what happened yesterday didn't change a damn thing. Some people lost their lives, and there was a whole bunch of lawlessness that took place that I think probably hindered some of the effort that the people were trying to accomplish in the first place. So, mm -hmm. again, uh, you asked for my uh, no. perspective. No, I think, yeah, I understand that. I don't care for that. Who, yeah. Whichever side is perpetrating it, I mm -hmm. don't get down with that. Yeah, um, I, I understand that overall the supermajority and all the other things that we're looking at may ultimately lead to a major problem that where where that fight may have to happen. But but this was not it. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm with that. Okay, I I don't think that people needed to go down there. I think there were pipe bombs. I don't know who brought those in there. You know. Um, there was smashing up of stuff and all kinds of things went wrong there. But when when politicians, including the ones on the right, start coming out and saying that we don't have the right to be angry about anything um, no. or, or even go down there and protest them or make their lives uncomfortable. I disagree yeah. with that. And I disagree with that, especially because a lot of politicians on the left and we've got guys on the right joining the ones on the left. They said it was OK for people to go out there and burn down cities and do all that stuff. And now you've got guys on the right joining in with that. And that makes that gives me a bad feeling about the future of America, where sure. these politicians who work for us and have no right to be comfortable, they have no right to be comfortable, but yet they have this air of superiority over us, right? That they feel we don't have the right to be angry with them. And they're very, very wrong about that. Right. Uh, this year, this last year has really brought up the boundaries of that whole root word of civilization. And um, when civilization is no longer civilized, uh, we no longer adhere to those same rules of conduct, then, then everybody's at risk. And, and that, that might create a painful period down the, the road for us in the future, like you're alluding to. I'm mm -hmm. um, hoping it doesn't come to that, obviously. I tend to think that we thrive and flourish in those areas where people are able to go out and feel safe when they do their jobs, when they go to work, when they go to school, whatever it is that they're doing. But, um, you know, some issues are worth challenging that a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I think it's ultimately the way that we do it. Kevin, what do you think about this? I noticed you got your, your night gear vision on. 
night vision gear, excuse me. So is this like signaling something? Is it messaging? No, I'm ready. Um, actually, I was, I'm, I'm getting down here and I'm putting batteries in gear and stuff like that because I'm getting ready for a, um, a nighttime hawk hunt this weekend. So mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. I'm, I'm getting everything ready. Uh, and, you know, you have to, I have to, I let other people wear this, so I have to get it back the way that it's supposed to be. You know? Okay. But, um, th- that being said, and now I just want to now I just want to keep it on, and now I don't want to take it off because my hair looks a mess. So I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But um, the, you know, even after thinking about it more, you know, from there's all kind of different angles to look at it, and I, I think that a person could really, really uh, listen and and hear it, and and you know, listen to a person's train of thought from various different angles. I think people are stupid, and it's real hard to talk to people because they don't want to listen to the nuance of a thing. And I, I think, just like what was just mentioned before, when you look at it from a strategic standpoint, the strategy was bad, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably because there was no plan. Mm-hmm. There right. probably wasn't. Which is right? always just a bad. Which is right? always a so, bad plan, right? To to, right. to not have a plan is always a bad plan. Be deliberate, so, not accidental. <laughs> what do you really get out of that besides mm-hmm. more capital security? Right. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you really? I mean, what what do you really get now? There's the other part of me that's like, hey, you know what? From uh, looking at the the history of this country, understanding it, understanding the history of other countries, yo, politicians should not feel okay with doodling with your life, mm-hmm. your taxes, your employment, your mm-hmm. freedoms, your human rights, your 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 healthcare, and feel like I can do what I want to do and there's no consequence besides you yelling at me on social media. Mm-hmm. No, there's a consequence for your actions. Your right. your constituents put you in a position, and they should be holding you accountable all the way through. Uh, your term, you know, before they give you another one, but I think we all fail there at some degree. Uh, however, you have these uh, individuals, these politicians that feel comfortable to do what they want, and there is no consequence. Last time we had a lot of people yelling um, at politicians out at restaurants and things like that. The reason they were drove to do it, I think, might have been misguided, mm-hmm. but it was all the politicians <laughs> crying for more security, crying for protection, crying, you know, saying, hey, stop yelling at me when I'm out eating with my kids. But if you're affecting me not being able to feed mine, and you don't have a right to, to sit and have a beautiful, wonderful meal in a restaurant that's only reserved for you and your friends. And I can't even you know, go in there and eat because I can't afford it. Or my buddy down the street restaurant's not even open. No, you don't you don't you don't get to do that. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. There should be a consequence. And I'm, I'm definitely with you don't get to tell Americans where they get to go protest. Damn it. We pay for that building. Mm-hmm. So but and then you, you flip to the. But what happened yesterday was that the smartest thing that could have been done. Sure. Is there a part of, uh, I think, every everybody that understands the history of this country, and if you understand anything about Nancy Pelosi, is it kind of funny to see somebody with their feet propped up on her desk? Anyway. Yeah. You know, anyway. But it's like, what do we give up to get that picture? Like, what was sacrificed for that one moment in time, right? So um, that's the way I look at it. But I think the the, the loss of life um, is, is where I always come back to with it, right? Yeah. So, the, the young uh, the young woman, the Air Force veteran uh, that was killed in that situation by the Capitol Police officer, um, I think that's an unfortunate incident. It's a lot that's going to be looked into when it comes to that. I don't know everything about it. I did watch the video probably 30 or 40 times. Um, I will say that it does not look like that was an ND at all, from knowing what I know about guns and, mm-hmm. and things like that. that didn't, <clears throat> it didn't look like an ND. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but either way, you know, ND or no ND, it cost that young lady her life. Um, I think that there's also the side to say, hey, even if you feel sorry for her losing her life, where do we draw the line with any 
the insurrection into a, a federal building, like whether they draw the line and say you can't come any further, right? And so that's all spend personal accountability. Yeah, and you you have to know that. I mean, the door was blocked for a reason. I had chairs and desks or whatever he had pushed up against that door for a reason. Um, you get into a certain part where things are, you know, really uh, private. They're, well, I say private because it shouldn't be a public building, but you get what I'm saying. Like there are, mm-hmm. are people back there that they are sworn to protect as well. So you kind of put them in a in a in a, in a really interesting position, right? Uh, if I let you pass me and you pull out a knife and you shiv this this congressperson in the neck, right? Or somebody has a small bomb on them, especially when we just watched a dude blow up, you know, three city blocks on Christmas Day, right? Or do you like where do we stop this at? Could there be a plant inside of you guys that is really coming to hurt to do physical? Well, I mean, there were definitely some plants from what I'm hearing from uh, from folks out there. Antifa somehow infiltrated this whole thing. But as you said, Kevin, because there wasn't really a lot of uh, organization and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, you know, we have to separate this out. But isn't that you said this yesterday, I think the best way. You said this is what happened when Black Lives Matter people were out there protesting and then people infiltrated them. And then a lot of folks hated on the concept of Black Lives Matter, even though like this is why I went through having uh, people come on here and speak to that. Right. That that whole that that whole uh, movement was co-opted by folks out there and and what we're seeing what everyone's seeing through the media is not necessarily what the truth is everything is complicated in life everything is based on your perspective because we come into the world as human beings we only see through our own eyes unless someone enlightens us you know and opens the world up to us in a different way so um and that's what i Everybody should, you know, you if you take a deep breath and you step back, and sometimes, man, it's challenging to cast aside your own biases, you know, it's, it's hard. But if you cast your own biases to the side, even when you, you you will realize that that's why I constantly say it's we the people against them, the government or them, the big corporations, because even with even with Black Lives Matter. Right. That organization, the reason why it doesn't garner the support, it really should from a from a, uh, a grassroots level. And they had to pump money into it. I, look, I'm from the city where it was born. Mm-hmm. It did not start off that way. When they bought out the uh, the leadership of it and they turned it into this marketing menace thing that it is, right? It is not what it was intended to be. It just has a great slogan, right? That's hard to attack, right? Because you get called racist if you attack the slogan, right? So they knew that and they bought it out. Well, they infiltrated that, the, the left, if you will, infiltrated that six years ago, right? And they've been using that machine ever since. They infiltrated and hijacked that. So when people were saying... Um, hey, um, you know, the the Trump supporters were actually hijacked yesterday in Antifa, you know, started that. I'm like, hey, take some personal accountability. Everybody there was not Antifa. Mm-hmm. Two, um, understand this. If you can if you can be hijacked impromptu. Right. I mean, what they had two weeks to know that that thing was going on um, and they can cause that chaos in two weeks. Imagine what they can do to an organization when they can infiltrate it for six years. Yeah. For, for right? Sh- right, for sure. A couple of things here. For sure, everyone was not Antifa. I had, uh, there were folks who were down there sending me pictures and video and stuff like that. And uh, they were telling me that they were being, that people were being pepper sprayed from the beginning before any of this happened. Right? So this is a very complex thing um, that happened that went down. And I, but I believe that the majority of the folks who were down there were Trump supporters and were not planning on, on, uh, 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 raining havoc and doing all those kinds of things, and that somehow they got infiltrated. Now, like Rodney Brady saying, let's not do the Q conspiracies. Well, 
if, if we're not going to do that, then Black Lives Matter didn't get infiltrated either, right? I mean, this happens. If you believe that there's not people out there doing that, then I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, so, it's hey, just a reality. Let me, let me speak to that. You may recall after the end of our last uh, podcast, I told you that I attended a webinar put on by the assistant chief of the Portland Police Department. Mm-hmm. And they have evidence that Antifa literally co-opted um, some of the Black Lives Matter leadership that mm-hmm. were out there. Mm-hmm. And these guys were grabbing people and saying, hey, please stop burning this. Please stop destroying that. Black Lives Matter were trying to get people to mm-hmm. uh, stop taking away from the message that they were trying to communicate. And Antifa saw them, mm-hmm. took pictures of them, posted them on social media, and said that they were undercover police. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you think folks are going to react to that, especially that crowd, uh, given that knowledge? And yeah. so they, they basically subverted uh, the movement for their own purposes to, you know, so havoc. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on here. I mean, it could be it could be what's what's up, Kevin? Did you want to say something there? No, I just uh, he just it, what he just dropped mm-hmm. is is it's why people need to take a step back. And look at their bias because that's a, look, man. It is so easy to keep us divided. It's it's like child's play at this point, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to. I know that I have crooked, uh, crooked or ill intent. I'm going to use money, politics, or whatever to take over this group with this great marketing uh, campaign to garner all this other power that has nothing to do with Black Lives. And they changed their homepage. It's too late. The information is out there. It had nothing to do with black men. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Once they were hijacked at the origin of it, it absolutely did. Now, when you fast forward and you're looking at all these other things that are happening and people are saying, oh, well, there was infiltration or was, you know, corruption Mm -hmm. and things like that. Like, guys, you know why a lot of people now are taking shots at the Trump uh, protest yesterday? Well, the protest that turned into a riot yesterday is because a lot of those people um, will go back and say, well, look at all the comments that we were getting about BLM. But when you purposely chose to ignore that gang members, you know, you don't have to like gang members if you don't to, but this Rolling 60s crib. And California made Antifa leave like they recorded them doing it. You want to ignore the fact that 13 or 14 black men surrounded a riot officer when he got separated from the unit in Louisville and told the crowd, you are not going to attack this man. Yep. Right. So you want to ignore the gentleman standing in Milwaukee that stood with a group of people from the neighborhood in the alley and told Antifa, you can't come any further. You're not bringing that chaos. Like we ignore that and say, oh, you're all corrupt. But no, it got hijacked. But America is so easy. Oh, the media's the devil. Why the hell do you keep listening to it then? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you keep listening to it? No, hey, guys, we need to get the people that if you have a pure mission. I want to hear your pure mission. If I understand that I can be hijacked or my mission can be hijacked, I'm going to say the same thing about yours. So let's get to the root of it. Let's talk as people. Let's see what the problem is and let's proceed together forward. But the reason why a lot of Trumpsters are being ignored about voter fraud or COVID restrictions or whatever is because all people are looking at is, hey, I'm going back to the comments that when this struggle was happening, you didn't listen. So why am I going to listen to you? Yeah. We're just going to join in and making fun of you and calling you turds. And, and if you yep. look, if you look at what if you look at what happened, I was spending a lot of time looking at that stuff there. You could tell the people who were there and they were pure just uh, Trump supporters. I mean, I saw guys in suits and all that kind of stuff. I didn't see, and, the, and without their faces covered. Now, if you look right up front, now I'm not saying who, that all the people who entered that building were Antifa. I don't believe that, right? 
But if you look at a lot of the people who were up front, they had their faces covered. This is a thing that we all go through. There's people that attack me all the time on social media, and they have fake, fake accounts that are private and all this kind of stuff. You're not saying anything to me when you come at me like that. So when I see dudes out there in suits and all of that with their faces shown and they're doing something, that's how I tell, hey, these are most likely the legit people. Yeah, okay. When I see other people that are the faces are covered, and they have masks and they're doing all that's a whole different story. So you have to don't let your eyes lie to you and then let your prejudice of this thing or that thing get you all twisted into stuff. Right. The reality. Ask yourself. We can ask ourselves this here. What would you have done now? I'm not saying that I'm not ready to, to rumble, of course. But first, Home comes first before anything. This place where these people go to and pretend they rule the world doesn't really mean that much to me. I want to take care of home and my people and where I live. And if I'm going to take something over, that's where I'm going to start. Okay, that's where, that's what's important. Okay, so I don't, you know, I don't think everyone, because of what's going on, because of what you're saying, Kevin, I think I agree with that. Everyone's getting everything twisted. So you can't see it when it's over here. But when it's here, you, then you could see it. No, we need to be more balanced than that when we're looking at things and be able to figure out what's happening, okay? Everything is more complex than that. I'm not saying I support Black Lives Matter either. Um, I definitely don't, if you, if you all want to know. No, I don't. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, you know, do, I, do you guys think that this uh, is the kickoff of something or this is going to fizzle out soon? I think what you're starting to see right now is uh, um, a lot of politicians, especially on the right side, saw how close to the brink we were pushing with um, the direction that everything was going in, and several of them are stepping back now. Uh, I don't know what that means for the future, but I hope that the situation yesterday isn't used to you know, construe something against the Second Amendment. I'm, I'm afraid that it might. But um, I'm hoping that it doesn't. Joe Biden already kind of alluded to that in his little wonderful speech today, where he said, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, men with, uh, he talked about, he talked, he did some talking, but he made a, a quick little statement where he's like, yeah, you know, civilians and armor, you know, coming, because they can, nobody can say anybody had a gun because nobody's seen a gun. Right. But then they start mentioning pipe bombs and things like that. I, I haven't seen photos. I don't yeah, know we don't right know now. who put those things there. But they started, they started to kind of basically still make it seem like a military op, if you will, or militant style people, even though there were no guns. And some people did have on play carriers, but even though there were no guns, you didn't see a crap ton of play carriers, right? It wasn't that kind of thing, but he's already trying to mix it in like security, look at what could happen and, you know, we need to control these people. It's the way he's coding it. So I will not be surprised if Joe Biden does not, in his administration and on down the line, they do not try well i know they're gonna they're gonna try it but it will not shock me if they don't use the hey look at the racist white trump dudes so we need to go ahead and control the guns to disarm them because aren't you scared of them don't you want to see them hurt don't you want to see them not be able to be terrorists or they can disarm everybody and really get to what their plan is so i do believe he's going to use it in that way 
or yeah. at least try to. I'm here to kick his ass. Yeah, but, I you mean, know, they, yeah, they they, that's what I was going to say, man. They could try whatever they want to. Um, I yeah. know that basically that's going to fall on deaf ears as far as I'm concerned and a lot of people out there. You, they could try what they want to. They could do what they want to with the country. You know, it's weird to me, right? So I know there's a lot of people miserable about this and really stressed out. And I'm not trying to tell you guys I'm not paying attention to it and I'm not stressed out. Uh, but I'm really not. And I'll tell you guys why. I started to, I remember a long time ago when I decided to get into this, uh, I, I remember like having an epiphany and I said to Lola, we are the ones who are responsible for our security and our safety. There's no politicians, there's no political party, there's none of that. We, us. I was having like these nightmares constantly of like me being separated from my family and my kids were growing up, you know, like in a war zone and all that kind of stuff. And they were separated from us and they didn't know what to do. And that was just my brain telling me, you need to fi start figuring out what to do. And you need to make sure that your family goes on that journey with you and figures out what to do. Now, I'm not trying to tell you guys that I'm there. But today versus that time um, at this point, you know, 10, 12, more, than, more years ago than that, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about things the way that a lot of people are because they can try to do whatever they want. As you can see from Republicans, they're all on the same side. All these dudes are on the same side. I don't care about them. Why are we worried about them? What do we care what they do over there? If we have each other, they can't actually do anything to us. All they can do is try it. That's You're going it. to see, I, I think that people are going to see just how, if they're paying attention now, you're going to see just how politics work. If you, somebody believes that just because somebody has an R and just because somebody has a D, that A, they have your best interest at heart, or B, that they don't get along, you ought to start going to some of these, you know, go up to your Capitol building sometimes. You'll be surprised who you're seeing who's office, mm -hmm. right? I'm talking about somebody even on a local level mm -hmm. because they have to work together. Yep. They are always going to convince you that, hey, that's the enemy and because they're pandering to you, mm -hmm. right? Sure, they might see things differently. Sure, they might have different philosophies. They understand that coming into the politics. Most of them have some experience in dealing in the political realm one way or another before they get their larger seats. So they, they get the game. But the, what people don't realize is part of the game is to always keep Americans delusional. Mm -hmm. It's always to keep the everyday common person because there is no money in the cure. If we cure you and expose you to the fact that, hey, yeah, some of us might have good intent, but guess what? Politics is what it is. We have to fool you in order to keep you voting for us, to keep power, to keep money, to keep access, to keep control. Well, if you tell everybody that, right, then you lose power, which means you lose money, which means mm -hmm. you lose control. Mm -hmm. So they have to keep us at this at, at odds and keep us uh, diluted. But I think if nothing else today, when you saw Republicans uh, denouncing what happened, when you saw Republicans turn on Trump, when you saw Republicans giving the same talking points the Democrats did, okay, let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. So now everybody hates him because <laughs> I understand that Republicans were a lot of several Republicans have never truly supported Trump. I get that. But however, more people now are more vocal, even ones that were supporting him up until yesterday. So now, like they're all they all turned on him, right? So, uh, so, so, so my, my, and, and I understand exactly what you're saying, Kevin. Just center yourself a little bit more so people can see you when it's all three of us. Um, just a little bit, yeah. Okay, right there is good. Um, the reason why Republicans are turning on Trump right now is because all those people are still in political office. I said this last night. Trump will not be in political office pretty soon. 
right? You're starting to see that even he's now out there saying that, but he's not going to be suffering. Those guys want to remain in political office, and this is the reason why they're they're playing these games and doing what they were doing. How how you know how can we all of a sudden flip to Trump being responsible for what grown ass people? I didn't see any children out there in those crowds <laughs> yesterday. I didn't see any children. How does Trump become, regardless of what you feel about him, just think about this logically. How is he responsible for what those people did? If you're going to do that, then you're, then Trump can also take the credit for Black Lives Matter then. He could take the credit for all those protests, right? Or no? Well, as far as getting people to rally up. I get, I get what you're saying. I think I kind of lost you. No, I'm not saying as far as getting people to rally up. You cannot tell me logically that Trump was responsible on his own for what happened yesterday and then say that Trump because then Trump can take the credit whatever when when people were seeing uh, all these protests uh, in 2020 that we know those protests led to riots and all that kind of stuff and when the left was supporting that and down with that are they saying that Trump also is responsible for that I get what you're saying are they saying that he should get the credit for that when they were saying that was a good thing, should he get that credit? Because if he doesn't get that credit, he doesn't get this credit. It's not just because he was out there speaking to some people and, and they were rightly upset. Look, who, who thinks that this election went, went properly? It did not go. It did not go properly. But what people need to come to to realize, see, it's tough for a lot of Americans. I grew up in third world countries. I've told you guys this already. I've lived in countries run by people that look just like me. And you guys are now surprised that politicians lie and steal and cheat? <laughs> no. That's how it goes. But there are people out there that, that are surprised and are mad about it for whatever reason that we can argue. And they are doing things. But those are adults that did things. And they need to take responsibility for what they did. Okay? So what was Schumer doing when he was, when he was riling people up? Okay, what was Pelosi doing when she was riling people up? So don't let people tell you that. This has like, this is not me defending Trump. I already told you guys, I'm over that. I'm past that. I don't love politicians, a party, or anything. I love my family. I love Lola and my sons. Okay, and all I think about is them and how to take care of them. And there's no one, Trump, no one else, Biden, no one's rolling in to defend my family. The people, though, and I think this is the point that Kevin is, is making and that we all need to think about, the people around us will do it. Okay? So think about who are your allies, who are your friends. Stop making enemies where you don't need to make enemies. Mm -hmm. It's the people around you who know you and know that you're a human being. When shit goes wrong, they are going to run to your rescue. I told you guys, you guys that last night. Uh, uh, Sean is well aware of this. I saw Kevin run in and save someone that he doesn't know from Adam. Right? That I, I've, I've seen this happen. So that's that's what we need to focus on and, and think about that more. Because if we have more of that, we're okay. They are the ones who are going to suffer. I mean, hey, one, I like the little passion. Hey? Got your little Katie rant going on there, man. I, I, I like that. Oh, it's, it's, it just makes me mad. It just makes me mad. I think don't, we, we've been having these discussions for a long time. Oh, yeah, man. I, you know what? It's the same thing with Maxine Waters. Wasn't that her when she was telling people to harass certain politicians with they caught when she called? Yeah. Them, they what them was she doing? She wasn't inciting an insurrection. Right. So I, I think that people people call people called for some people called for someone to rape Trump's son. 
Let's just remember this. Like, do you guys actually understand history? (laughs) Do you pay attention to what's going on here? So if they say this now, I want to go back and I want to get those people's asses. They want to they want to impeach someone instead of just letting this all fizzle out. We're literally at the seventh. 13 days, this is going to fizzle. And whoever your enemy is, (laughs) you know, remember what do you remember what Scarface would say? Oh, I'm the bad guy. Right. Whoever your enemy is, is going to go away. But if we if you really want to go down this path, let's go figure out everybody who said they should do something to his son or his kids or his wife or him. What was up with that? I think people have allowed, uh, uh, you know, politics to corrupt them. I say that politics is poison. And I always say that. And they've allowed allowed that to corrupt them and allow them to be puppets. You know, in a lot of different situations, all across the board in every political party, I tell people all the time, like, you have to, first of all, let's just not get away from the fact that you're an adult and you need to hold yourself accountable for your actions, period. No other way to get it. That that doesn't have a political party. You're an adult. You're responsible for what you do. There are consequences for everything that you do, period. Right? So you can be upset and support somebody's mission, their calling, their politics, or whatever. But you should also understand that that comes to a point to where, uh, hey, hey, dude, I'm not going to really drink the Kool-Aid. It was kind of cool coming here and dressing in the garbs and talking to talk. And now you're going <laughs> to Kool-Aid and I'm lay down and die with you. Like, I'm cool on that. I'm not going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But some people, hey, man, um, some, some people just don't think about it that way. They think that they're doing it for other reasons. They've been fooled to think they do it for other reasons. Um, it's no different than the, the, the state rep out of Michigan, which I understand why she was upset. I do get it. Uh, but when she recently said, hey, my soldiers... You know what to do. Make sure you do it well. You can't have politicians talking like that, right? So, yeah. Hey, man, people got to be responsible yeah. for what they yeah. do, though. We if I to- go out and shoot somebody um, because ABC politics, for example, remember that guy a few years ago when Joe Biden did that stupid release talking about all you need is a double barrel shotgun and let it off the back of your porch and a dude did it? Mm-hmm. And he claimed the Joe Biden defense? And they still arrest him. They still lock his dumb ass up. So you should absolutely not be listening to politicians. I'm writing an article about that very topic pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, I think we had. Um. Oh man, I always forget his name, but he was one of the guys running in the Libertarian Party. He was on the show, and he did that in D.C. and then got arrested and lost his gun rights. And he is a veteran. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I think I think look, we we are big. We're not all perfect. We don't get along. We do stuff to each other. But we need to figure out how to stay together. I've seen, and and I want to talk about other things with these guys, but I've seen a lot of people going after other folks out there, right? And there's people going after me too, you know. um, But listen, uh, we, we have something in common here. We've been friends all this time. You've been friends with people. You've been supporting people. What? Like, just chill out right now because it's us. Okay, that was a completely different thing. That was a couple of thousand people down at the Capitol. That that was nothing, and that's really not important. Okay, in terms of I'm not. I already said in the beginning of this conversation that those people had the right to make politicians feel uncomfortable. Okay, but what we can do is more powerful, and they can't do anything about us. They can't do anything to stop us. They can't take this away. I am not giving up my guns. Okay, I am not giving up my rights. 
I'm just telling you guys, if, if, it, if it goes there, I'm not trying to telegraph. I don't want to live in that world. I don't wish for that. I don't want it, but I'm not going to do it. And I, I, I mean, you just tell me, Sean, are you going to do it? So here's something that I will tell you um, with 22 years of law enforcement and the last six in a prosecutor's office. Mm-hmm. I am not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it, right, brother. <laughs> you would do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a law-abiding citizen, <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, you know, AKA, I mean, fuck <laughs> around and find <laughs> out. <laughs> there, there's no end of them. And um, unfortunately, I prey upon them sometimes when they make stupid mistakes and they continue to confound that with even further worse stupid mistakes if you crash your car into somebody and hurt them while you're drunk and then you are arrested and charged and you go to court and while the proceeding is about to happen you uh, post on Facebook that you just picked up a sixer and you're about ready to get rocked (laughs) when probation strictly uh, dictates that you are not to consume alcohol you're probably going to have another bad day so um Telegraphing is not something that I subscribe to, and it's something that I recommend people just don't do. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the core elements of what you're striking at here, though, is, um, and my buddy Jackie used this term the other night, and she's talking about the cognitive dissonance that she was hearing mm-hmm. in her feet. And, and, you know, we're humans, we're creatures of habit, and uh, unfortunately this year especially, we have um, almost two-fisted pulled into that confirmation bias where, where we hear, we seek out what we already think, and then we look to hear that again to, to assure us that what we feel and what we think, no matter how crazy or, or how correct you might be, uh, it is exactly what other people think. Mm-hmm. And so we build and we divide and we pull into these categories, right? Where we're left or we're right or whatever, any kind of division that you can think of right now. And unfortunately, the gulf in between has gotten wider and wider. And Hank, what I hear you saying is that it's not that wide. And you're right, on a community level, down the street, my next door neighbor, my buddy on the street who's a cop. Yeah, I mean, those are the people that you're going to count on. Those are the people who are your first responders. You're going to be there to handle your situation. But until we can figure out how to bridge this gap, to figure out how we need a balance between conservative and liberal to make for a decent society, it's just going to keep getting wider and louder until nobody hears anything. And and I worry how it's going to break because there doesn't seem to be a lot of effort right now to pull things back together. And mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, this post-incident now with some of these uh, politicians kind of agreeing on some action. Well, they, they want to break it. They want to break it anyway. I'm just telling you. I feel like they knew this. Uh, I'm pretty sure they knew this was going to happen. I mean, look, Democrats are better at playing this political game than Republicans. And they knew that this would go down and the Republicans would just pull in and get on the same page with them, and then this is the perfect way to go forward, right? And that's exactly what happened. You couldn't have written this better in a screenplay. None of it matters to me. I don't care. 
This is just a show. It's just theater to me. I know that pe- that real people died, real people got hurt, real mm-hmm. things happened. I get it. But I can't do anything about that, and I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for me and mine, and I think people need to keep that in mind when, you know, going forward. This is how you keep your, your mental in, in the right state, you know? And, and Kevin said it yesterday, like, think, and you just said it now, too. I don't think uh, you were, I don't know if you were watching yesterday. I think it's just sense, right? Look at the people around you. Either either make them your enemies or make them your friends. Yeah, I, I think people people need to understand two things. One, to that point again, look, man, I've, I, I've I'm not gonna say I've done the coolest stuff. I, I did my stint, you know, at a, at, a, at a PD, and I've had my fun, and I've I've done different things. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this: when I've been in situations to where I had to save somebody or intervene or help them. I didn't walk up to them and ask them, hey, what political uh, philosophy do you subscribe to before we get this thing started? <laughs> I never did, right? Yep, it is, yeah. I'm there for a reason. I'm here to help you, whether you're a stranger, somebody that called me, whatever. I'm here to help you as a human being. So we really need to get, understand that. E- and even though I know we talk about race and stuff like that, I've never sh- shown up and somebody was like, like when I was um, doing campus uh, stuff at, a, at one of the biggest universities, it was predominantly white. If I got a phone call about an attempted rape, I didn't get there and say, hold on. We talk Indian, black. I got to see how concerned I should be here. No, you just go and you help people. Um, and then the other thing, too, be careful. And, and, you know, in the hood, we call this being gassed up. Mm-hmm. Be real careful about someone pushing their inadequacies upon you. Right. So they talk a good game, really don't have the courage to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But they want to hype you up, or we call gas you up. They want you to be the vehicle. So they're just going to fill you up with gas and send you on along the way for you can do it while they sit back at home or sit on their front porch and look at you and criticize the moves you make. One minute you'll be a hero. Like, see, that's what I'm talking about. And the next minute it'd be like, man, that was some real stupid stuff to do. I want to <laughs> do it. Right? Because they're inadequate within themselves. They want to see somebody else do it. They want to gas you up, hype you up, talk you up, get you all charged up for you to go do something that them themselves mm-hmm. know that they won't do. Mm-hmm. What happens? It works all the damn time. And yeah. people run out there charged up, but whoever charged you up is sitting back saying, okay, now let me judge you. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. stop following. Yeah. It's interesting. And just in the couple of minutes that we have, I know we don't have time. By the way, people want to know what you're smoking, Katie, because so you got to do that automatically. Sorry. This is um my last cigar for the week, actually. No, I'm lying because I'm gonna shoot a, I'm gonna shoot a hog this weekend. Um, <laughs> this, this is a new o. Um, so the new o's are you can get these pretty short if you don't want a whole lot of tobacco. They are really good though. But no, this is a new o. It's um this is the shorter cigar. It's a good gauge. It's uh, noob. I'm sorry, n u b noob. You know if you can see that. But n u b noobs. They're they're everywhere. I like the coffee flavored ones. All right, so go get you a coffee-flavored noob if you enjoy a good stogie and relax. But this is the noob. It's about, I don't know, it's probably like four inches long, maybe five inches long. Uh, it's a decent gauge, short, compact smoke. Hank, I know you understand short and compact. So. Oh. <laughs> I, knew, I knew somehow you were going to try to twist it. I was trying to hit you before you hit me. No, I knew you were, you were going to do it, so I had to get you first. <laughs> All right. Oh, 
Okay, I surrender. Um, so one of the things, and we don't have time, but I really do actually want to get you two guys together to have a conversation. And I don't know where Sean wants to go with this, but but what you do on the police department, Sean, is your your can you can you talk about it or do you know? Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so I was uniform patrol for about 15 years for a small sheriff's office in Southwest Colorado. Uh, worked my way up through the ranks. I did wildland fire, search and rescue, and um, all kinds of different types of investigations. Um, anything from you know, DUIs and uh, domestic violence cases to up to homicides uh, infrequently, thankfully. Um, after that, I left and came to the DA's office. And what I do now is um, assist prosecutors with preparing cases for trial. Um, occasionally, we'll take a case from the police, look at it, and figure out that there's no reasonable likelihood of success at trial. And we have an ethical obligation to then drop that case, to not um, prosecute that case. And um, the primary role is taking those cases and uh, getting them ready for trial. Uh, my first assignment was SVU, which is Special Victims Unit. Um, mm -hmm. So I took the final product of investigators from police departments and, and uh, sheriff's offices and other agencies that worked on felony child abuse cases and sex assaults from infant to the elderly and um, helped get them ready to go to trial. Okay. I know that's not an easy thing, not an easy thing uh, to do. Yeah. You know? And uh, unfortunately, you're probably seeing um, the end results of what's happening to a lot of uh, young folks out there. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. There's a number of things that society really doesn't want to confront, doesn't really want to even know about. Mm -hmm. um, that the number of sex assault victims that we have, both male and female, uh, especially from childhood, is would probably stagger most folks. I think they it's largely underreported because of the sensitive nature of the crime. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing that complicates matters greatly, too, is there's so much risk for a person to come forward if they've been assaulted like that. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes parents don't understand uh, when a child is approaching them and, and trying to tell them that something is going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and they react poorly, and then that child shuts down and never says anything about it again. So. Mm -hmm. A lot of it goes undetected, and um, and the other thing, you know, when you have someone who is willing to come forward and then risk everything that they have to step into a room with twelve complete strangers and uh, tell their story about some of the worst things that have ever happened to them in their lives, uh, and then there's still that chance that they may be found not guilty, mm -hmm. uh, and then basically nothing happens as a result of that. So. It's um, it's tough, but it was extremely rewarding work, and uh, man, I was motivated every day to get up and uh, go in and fight like hell. Yeah, I know Kevin talks a lot about this. Uh, I know it's difficult because uh, oftentimes there's a chain reaction, right? You know, like you pull that thing, and lots of explosions go off. What do you think about what do you think about this, Kevin? We haven't actually like we don't have time now either, but I, it's something I would like to talk about at some point because I think it's important, Kevin. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think when you talk about uh, about you know the, the victims, being a victim myself, 
um, and openly telling people I've had to in order to to do my community outreach and help other other people heal from it. Um, yeah, man, it's it's. Uh, I agree with him. America doesn't really, at a, you know, everybody wants to argue about politics, but you don't want to argue. You don't want to talk about and fix what's happening to the child next door to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, a, a lot of times we are we are dealing with uh, people that don't want to listen. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I was. Uh, uh, raped and molested and thrown in a basement with the dude that was doing it, mom barred, uh, uh, holding the door closed so I couldn't escape. Like, so imagine what that does to a child when he's told, yeah, I'm going to kill your parents if you say anything. Uh, imagine, you know, being a, coming in the house, not only are you abused, made to be a servant, but, you know, dumped in an ice tub and hit with extension cords when you don't you know, fulfill the sexual favors mm-hmm. you're supposed to give. And to talk uh, talk about about those type of things, and um, and to get over them is something that's really challenging. Um, people don't take heed to some of the, the the permanent damage it does to a person. Happens to you at five. You remember it at fifty, mm-hmm. right? It, it it can really damage you for a long time. And to be vulnerable with those things, it does take courage. It takes a lot of courage because you're out there. There's no pulling it back once you say it. Um, you are you you think people are looking through you when they see it. Sometimes you think all they see is a victim when they look at you. Mm-hmm. So, but then you don't want the pity because you're fighting to be a survivor, and now people are pitying you, and then it pisses you off because you're like, no, I want to get over this. I'm only saying for this purpose, and I'm like, oh, but no. And, and so yeah, it, it needs um, a lot more attention. I'm not gonna talk about that stuff for forever, but yeah, I totally agree. You know, when it comes to saving our country, we also need to focus on saving our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and saving people that are being blessed. And for guys, I understand the macho when we, you know, we got big chest and, you know, we feel cool and these gun, uh, us gun folks, we got all these guns and we're like, yay. Let me tell you something. More men are, more men and young boys are sexually assaulted than you would ever want to face. You would be surprised at the number that are. Uh, and some of them by women. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I would uh, say trust that, me, um, I uh, I know we, you know, um, Lola and I have gone through that with our kids, where someone was messing with one of our kids, and it, it was another yeah. kid, a girl, you know, and uh, when we went through the whole thing and and uh, and dealt with folks uh, that do the job that Sean does, you know, we came to find out that that girl herself was a victim of stuff, you know, and we had to make that decision, like, do we ruin her life over something that you know made my son's life difficult. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. Like when you pull that chain, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that go off there. And I think yeah. what, what Kevin just said is really important. Like how do we have an America without the children? Right. Right. It's, um, you know, in the in my term, I'm, I'm out now. I'm, I'm doing just a regular docket where I just, you know, a felony and, and misdemeanor cases. But in my time, I was absolutely fascinated with the various philias, um, the, the, the capacity of the human mind to sexualize things. Um, it is absolutely amazing. And, um, when, when you hear, uh, what happens to some of these people, uh, the stories of survival can be amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, depending upon how a person is built, um, I've seen people who were, you know, what I would call on, on a grander scheme or a scale of, of horrible things, um, maybe lightly abused. Uh, I've seen it absolutely shatter people. And um, I've also seen people who have suffered years and years of abuse by 
uh, a relative and um, they act like you and I do. They keep their stuff together and they hold a job down and they try to get through their life and act like, you know, things didn't happen. So it's just amazing how, how we're built, what, what causes this to happen in the first place and then how people respond to it and how they react. You know, I think thankfully um, we're getting to know a lot more about sex offenders and so I feel more comfortable with, with, uh, pushing that button and saying, yes, let's prosecute because, um, granted a lot of times this is a learned behavior and it's something that ends up being perpetrated down the line to other people. Mm-hmm. But, um, we have understood it a lot better now and have come up with more treatments. Um, I'm not saying that recidivism isn't still a problem, but, um, there are options out there and you don't necessarily have to completely wreck someone's life. You can't get them help and, um, you know, try and We we can't get rid of that, of those kinds of things unless we get rid of human beings. And I think the the thing about it is we need human beings who are out there pushing back against that. And that's why sometimes when we paint everything with a wide brush, like, oh, I don't like, uh, for example, cops. Oh, I don't like cops. We think that there's not jobs that these people are doing that we don't want to do, but they need to get done. Right. Right. That's that's something to think about. You know, I mean, at the same time, I think there's some dudes that shouldn't have jobs (laughs) doing, doing those things for sure. Sure. Um, But you know, it's the complexity. I think it's the complexity of, uh, you know, um, uh, Jeff Stevens, I see here says, you know, those kinds of memories, I just can't get out of my head after being uh, LEO. So, um, I'm yeah, sure both of you guys have for a lot of reasons, you got, you, yeah, I mean, you'll never get rid um, of that stuff. Seeing people that have been damaged by one event or, or seeing someone who's been damaged from years of events. Um, you know, when you take a child and you teach them a behavior that the rest of us would look at and just scream and say, oh my God, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And a child thinks it's perfectly normal because mm-hmm. that's how they grew up. It's normalized for them. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's like I said, man. Um, there, there is something called compassion fatigue, uh, where where you end up uh, secondary trauma, where you see so much of it that you start to it, it starts to sink into you. And you know, I, I faced that. I dealt with that. I I, I still can't even hold it anywhere close to what those people that I tried to help suffered with. But um, it's a reality, and it's it's something that um, you can't leave it at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. I hate to uh, – we should probably end, but I hate to end on a negative. Kevin, you're going to have to do something to bring us uh, – Oh, man. Yeah. I know. It's a tough job, man, but you have to do it. <laughs> well, the other thing I was going to say, well, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this, and I'll try to come up with a happy note. Maybe we'll say something about a gun. Uh, but – I will say this, know your limits too, because although I am a person that understands my bias and where I can be a hypocrite, I do believe that everybody deserves a second chance, but because of how I feel about pedophiles, I stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever we had um, detainees, that it was so bad that other officers, whenever we had detainees that were there for child molestation, and like it was like a confirmed case, like, you know, they really dragged this dude off top of the kid, bring him down, they would like ask me to go to other floors. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you? Or go do this or go hop on a cruise or go grab some food or something like that. All right. But then I started to notice they were keeping me away from them because I was openly telling them about my experience. Mm-hmm. And I would, whenever I would encounter them, like I would 
staying still and just become infuriated. Mm-hmm. Like I should, I should revenge that child right now for them. Mm-hmm. So now to this day, and I never, I never did it because you know I didn't want to end up on the other side of the bars. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, to this day, if I'm dealing with an adult that did that to a child, I, 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 I can't. I don't trust me, right? Mm-hmm. So I stay away from them, and I let the clinical professionals deal with them and and remain there because I'm not. I am okay to function in society, but I can't be sitting across apartments from a dude that says, yeah, man, just got out, you know, raped seven girls. What's up? <laughs> oh, brother. Mm-hmm. How many pieces? Two. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, 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 you know, know your limits. But yeah. uh, on a, um, a high, I guess a high note, uh, we want to shoot some pigs this weekend. So right. I'll, I'll break back some footage, just some nighttime hawk hunting. <laughs> um, things, you know, we'll be all, uh, maybe get some bacon out of this thing, you know, go out there and have a good time in Southern Georgia and, you know, nice. see if we can save some farmers' land because the the hogs are coming up from Florida and turn the land. So, gonna go do. Oh, my, uh, I knew somehow you're gonna bring Florida into it. It's not <laughs> now. It's Florida hog, not Florida man. Yeah. Ruining Florida. things like, in Georgia. Quick, first of all, you guys got walking dinosaurs. <laughs> I, I don't know if You got walking dinosaurs that climb fences now. For Christ's sake! Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I didn't even know. There's this great follow. This guy named a Python Cowboy. You guys should follow him on Instagram. Yep. He's a real good follow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Goes out and like the igu- look. I thought iguana was cool. Like every time I see an iguana, I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's like a big lizard. It's cool. I didn't even know those damn things were invasive. I oh, didn't yeah. know that they were like. Yeah, right. they don't belong in Florida. And yeah, also, by the way, we have birds. I can't remember the name of the birds. We've talked about it here on this podcast. We have birds as big as ostriches that will cut you open <laughs> with just one claw. Like they got a pocket knife. Yeah. This Florida, yeah. Florida is Jurassic. Yeah. I just want to say that. Nope. <laughs> Florida is Jurassic, sir. Flor- Most of Florida is probably made out of, like, Africa. <laughs> and it split off a long time ago. Seriously. That state is crazy. And y'all always just- in the news. I don't know what's, on, what's going on in this. You're always in the news for the most craziest stuff. Yeah. Especially South Florida. Like, Always in the news for crazy stuff. I don't know what it is about that. Place. Yeah. Someone says, CB says, Tegu lizards, which, by the way, Tegu lizards make great wallets. I'm just saying. Ah, they, nice. make great, they make great wallets and holsters and stuff like that. Just as a thing. If you're, if you're looking for that kind of thing, I know a guy. I know a guy. So let's, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Brick said Florida is regressing back to the Stone Age. <laughs> probably probably um let's do this let's wrap up here um i'm gonna go for kevin dixie first if you could tell the folks out there uh so where can they go and find all this hog hunting that you're getting up to okay so um keep up on us the best way to support or follow is going to be the website northechoice.com please sign up for the email list that's northechoice.com on your social media platforms uh we're um the real noc the real NOC on um, all the social media platforms. I am most active on Instagram at the time, but there's also a Facebook. The backup page on all the so- social mm-hmm. media platforms, sorry, is KD of NOC. Follow me there. Um, I'll be posting um, and the YouTube. So that's mm-hmm. where the all kind of video is going to come up. You're also going to be able to uh, see a review I did of Green Line Tacticals Night Fighters course. So you'll you'll see, and we did it through Nods, like we did the entire interview through Nods. So it'll be okay. a cool thing, white phosphorus. It's really cool mm-hmm. looking. Uh, so you'll be able to watch the interview through Nods with Don Edwards and uh, uh, Stan over there at uh, Green Line Tactical. So look out for that on the page. Uh, I will put up the content from this weekend. If you go over to Instagram right now, the real NLC on Instagram, 
I am doing uh, a pistol brace giveaway. Oh, so cool. you can head right over there. I got a box that got water damage. The brace is absolutely great. I figured I can just give out some freedom. So head over to the to the page and you'll see how to participate over there and keep up, engage, like, subscribe, hit the bells and the whistles and all that jazz and um, be, be looking out. Oh, by the way, if you are uh, if you are anywhere in this country, understand that no other choice does travel for our training. And I am I'm, I am happy to announce that we've actually expanded uh, simultaneous operations into three states. So um, be looking for us coming to a city near you. And if you want us to come to you, you need to be active. Please stop saying, when are you coming to Wachahapwa, Kansas? <laughs> I don't know what Kansas is. You know, just say, hey, if you can get, you know, eight to ten buddies together, you know they're serious about taking a training class, uh, email us at uh, info or training, I'm sorry, at nootherchoice.com, and we will get back to you, and we will set it up in your local area. So. Okay, cool. I want to shout out uh, Firearm Fanatic out there. Shout out to the Firearm Fanatic. He's been in the chat all night. Uh, Sean, how can the folks out there uh, see more of what you're doing, uh, uh, keep in touch with you, follow you on social media, etc.? Don't follow me. No? There, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> I've seen your social media. you got stuff going on. I'm, I'm uh, Ludus Integritas mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram. I write for Police One, Guns.com, Pew Pew Tactical, and uh, making videos for uh, AR15.com on YouTube. And uh, also write for uh, Print Magazine, American Survival Guide. You can uh, catch me there sometimes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Kevin Dixie, the Fanatics, want to know uh, when you're going to Fanatic HQ. Uh, you probably won't come back from that. Fanatic HQ? They, you know, do you, have you ever met the Fanatic Brothers? What is Fanatics XQ? It, it sounds like I'll get in trouble there. Where's this place? <laughs> the Canic Fanatics. The what? You, do you know the Canic Fanatics? Okay, I gotta have to. You you know Fanatic, these? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You gotta hook me up. I got some Canics. Uh, yeah. yeah. I thought you knew yeah. these guys. I think you. Okay. If not, I'm gonna introduce you. I know it's social media. I might. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm more yeah. there when I meet people in face and talk to them. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. There awesome. you go. KB says, "KD, you did the Lord, Lord's work, breaking the chain." Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run in the end. We're gonna come back for the last word. Everyone, stay right there. Oh, by the way, listen. Uh, go to Fort Scott Munitions on social media or to my social media. We're giving away a bunch of stuff with Fort Scott Munitions as well as Franklin Armory uh, and myself. So you're gonna win a whole. We've got like tons of stuff we're giving away that lots of people are going to get. Uh, and I mean that. If you guys go check it out, let me run in the end right now. All right, make sure you guys smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live. Leave your comments, big shout outs, and thanks to everyone joining us. We really appreciate that. Um, I also want to say, do not forget to check out uh, Guns Out TV. Those guys that were on earlier, I think that's going to be pretty cool. You're aware of those guys, right, Kevin? I found out tonight when I was uh, looking at the shows. Oh, cool. It it is pretty interesting, so I I will be checking. Absolutely. I want to see you on, on that show. Um, who wants the last word? The writer. I'll throw one out. Yeah, there you go. All right. Please, 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 now more than ever, be good ambassadors to the Second Amendment. Take someone out that's new to shooting and show them a good time. Uh, granted, ammo is tough to get a hold of right now, but, but that dividend that you invest might pay off really well in the future.
Absolutely. Amen. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. I appreciate you guys coming in here at the last minute. That was very cool. Um, big shout out to Walther Arms for sponsoring us and allowing us to do and talk about all these things. I really do appreciate that. Uh, you guys should consider them if you're looking. Uh, for oh, man, we're going to be talking about Walther real soon. I know. I know you got some hot stuff coming up, so keep your eyes out for that. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're out. Peace.